Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone, and happy hump day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Yes, it's hump day because it's a three-day week. That's right. Yeah, we're off on Thursday and Friday, so today, Tuesday, is hump day. Didn't want to confuse you and tell you that it was really Wednesday when it's not. It is Tuesday, and it's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is here, Super Bowl champ. Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. Matthew Rocchio is also here. And we are on the uh, the old, as you can see, Air Alliance team heating and cooling video cam thing. Oh, thing. okay. Thing. Is that, is that what <laughs> we're yeah. supposed to yeah. say? You just go to the YouTube and type in 101 ESPN STL and you can watch us. Thing. Somebody turned off our TV in the middle. So oh, that no. I leave, oh, my, no. I, that, my Ron Burgundy TV that, that, that I lead on. That. <laughs> Where you're teleprompting. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Read that. Yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. Burgundy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're looking forward to this uh, great Tuesday. We're going to talk to John Kelly later in the show. We also have our opening drive Thanksgiving sides oh. draft. Uh, and uh, so everybody's got their. They're uh, big boards ready, and we're ready to go. That's coming up at 9.30. How's everybody doing? Everybody fired up about the t- 2024 St. Louis Cardinals? Uh, Lance, Lynn, Lance Lynn signed one-year deal, $10 million. Daniel Descalso is now your bench coach, and yeah. more coaches are on the way. I am, I, you know, I'm Whoa. cautiously optimistic. I, I am, but I am going to take the wait-and-see approach. <laughs> I personally... And I think I am like most Cardinal fans. They they hope for the best, but you know, realistically, they don't expect much. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're all kind of just mm-hmm. in the same place mentally, just feeling like this is maybe something good could happen. But if it doesn't, who's going to be surprised? You know, if 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 Lance Lynn is all that they get in the off season, could you would you sit here and say I am stunned by that? I would be stunned by that because where are the other pitchers going to come from? Well, I know that they have some other they got young here arms. Already. No, they're no, here, CD, bro. that's what they're would be here. stunning. No, no please. They, you got them in the in the minors, and they'll be. Oh up. yeah, yeah. No. They've been this for a long time. They, yeah. They'll be no. here. You got Tacoa yeah, Roby. You, yeah. you still got Zach like, Thompson. And have Brooke, we seen you, them in the majors? You got to remember, okay. the Cardinals are in a position now where it's not going to be easy to replace Alex Reyes and Jack Flaherty uh, because they've been so good for the Cardinals yeah, for so many years. They're so, oh, so they, they, they were, so they've got um, more young pitchers on the way. Yeah. Guys, I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> Things haven't panned out well. Okay. Here's, here's my thing with Lance Lynn. I, I don't hate it, but Lance Lynn at this stage of his career is not that 17-18 game winner that the Cardinals had before he had the Tommy John surgery in 2015. He takes the ball. He'll give you 170, 180 innings. For those that remember the 2004 Cardinals, he's Jason Marquis at this stage. He'll take the ball, and he's a, he's a nice back-of-the-rotation guy. They're paying him $10 million, which is the going rate for a back-of-the-rotation pitcher. If they get another pitcher, they need two more. He said three. John Mozalek said three. If Lance Lynn is your number five, if you have... Cease, 
Sonny Gray, Lynn, Michaelis, uh, Mats. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take my chances that with that. Cease, Gray, Lynn, Michaelis, Mats. All of a sudden, Zach Thompson is your bullpen. But then you just have to win the bidding war for Sonny Gray against the Braves, who are yeah. apparently top suitors, which I'm sure amongst other teams. I'm He's a number concerned. two, though. What I'm saying is if you want to win, and I'm just talking about at this stage competing for playoff spots. You need to have a rotation that has a one and a two. You've got them. Yes. Now, with the addition of Lynn, you got a ton of three, four, five guys, ton of them. You don't have a one, you don't have a two. So you need to fix that. Yes, you do. And that's the thing is when you're talking about being cautiously optimistic, I hope for the best. I was just a little concerned with one that this is the first move that is made because what is the rush exactly with signing Lance Lynn? That's just my question. Is this somebody that you could have signed a little bit later down the line? Were there other teams that you believe were vying for Lance Lynn to come here? Because if you look at his numbers, we know his age, Randy, as you mentioned, 36 years old and Miles Michaelis is 35. By the way, Miles Michaelis led the league in hits allowed last season and Lance Lynn led the league in home runs allowed last season with 44 guys. So that's a little bit of a concern that I have. 5.73 ERA last season. As I mentioned there, that he also led the league with 44 home runs last year allowed. And then also he had his highest walk rate percentage since 2018 last season. And his velocity has gone down over the years. And correct me if I'm wrong, does that tend to go up with age for pitchers. Not in 2024 generally. It used to 20 years ago in 2004. What, what was going on then? Well, we had helpers. <laughs> oh, we, like we had, you had people that helped you? Oh, no, no, no. You had like chemical helpers. You you took a pill, oh. you took a shot Ooh. and a shot helped you throw oh. harder. Oh. <laughs> but sometimes you can even make it to the Hall of Fame Wait, when how you does, start throwing harder at 30. How does whiskey help you? <laughs> No, not that no, kind not of shot. That, yeah, not it's that. A, it's a, it's a, a yeah, it's like the seventies or eight. Oh, but the point <laughs> is, is that's not available to pitchers <laughs> yes. in 2024. And, that, and here's the thing, Brooke. Yeah, uh, ten million dollars. The price wasn't going down, mm-hmm. and the years weren't going down because it's only one year. One, every owner in baseball would sign any player, any zero WAR player. And he was a minus last year, but any anybody in baseball would sign any zero player or more to a one-year $10 million contract and be very happy with it. I Again, if this is a step of, you know, three, four more steps, two, three, four more steps, then, then that's fine. But if this is the only step... I am in the. I am of the mindset. I'm just going to wait and see. I'm not going to overreact one way or the other. I'm not going to complain because you do need more pitching. You do need more depth in that starting rotation. So you did do that. You took one. You took care of one piece of it, one part of it. Now, what's next? Mm-hmm. Because as as Brooks said, he led the league with 44 home runs. He was second with ERA for all qualified starters mm-hmm. with 5.73. Second in the major leagues. He led the major leagues in home runs allowed. That's a bit problematic. Now you're 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 going to be pitching in in Bush Stadium half of your game, so maybe that that number goes down. But still, that's and a that's a bit of an issue. It, I throw everybody that was with the White Sox out last year because that was just such a toxic situation. Yes, it was horrible, and nobody performed well for the White Sox last year. I'd, I'd take Dylan Cease in a blink, but he was a victim of that situation too. One other point about Lance Lynn. And I don't know if it matters to players now, but Lance Lynn is a crusty leadership pitching guy. 
And the Cardinals didn't have that last year. Wayne was as nice a guy as there is. Lance Lynn is crusty and competitive, and the Cardinals need crusty and competitive. <laughs> crusty. I like that description. Yeah. I, I, I need to say that. I need to say that to him. So I hear you're crusty, Lance, mm-hmm. whenever he comes to well, town. Well, he, no. he pitched here when John Lackey pitched here, and John Lackey's yeah. nickname was Krusty. Yes. So he'll... He'll take that as a badge of honor. Yes. I think that it seems like he has a very bulldog mentality. I think what Greg Amsinger said on our show earlier this season is they have too many Boy Scouts. And Mm -hmm. so you need that gritty guy that can come in there and help the clubhouse in that manner. So I completely get that. I understand that he has a house and has a home close to here. So this is, yes. Baseball player, they average $4.5 million. Yes, he has a house close to here. There you go. That was what he said, right? (laughs) And so he. He is, this seems like this is very transactional. I was just surprised that he would want to come back to St. Louis. And somebody seems to be confused when I say, what was the rush? Yes, you want the Cardinals to go out and sign pitchers. Of course, I am happy that they're going to start doing that here. But my question is, this wasn't exactly out of the names that I was thinking of, of the reclamation projects, of who was going to be that swing man. I thought that there might be some better pitchers suited out there that kind of would fit that category and also would be a little bit younger. Well, I think it helps that the Cardinals knew him, and I think that was a big part of it. And in terms of reclamation projects, the Cardinals did announce yesterday that they signed former infielder and 2011 World Series champ Daniel Descalso to the team's Major League coaching staff. Welcome back, Daniel. Great sports fan, good guy. He's going to serve as the bench coach. Joe McEwing, who was the team's bench coach last year, has been named a special assistant to President of Baseball Operations, John Mozeliak. Pretty special there. What does that mean? That means he's probably going to uh, go fetch coffee. Oh, special no. assistant? No. Randy? Randy? What? No. What, what is a special assistant? So a special assistant goes to Starbucks. Just, <laughs> okay. So uh, an, assi- an assistant yes. gets coffee from the, the, uh, the cafeteria. Okay. Special assistant goes to Starbucks. No, Randy. And picks up one of those lemon pound cakes and... Uh, a cafe latte or whatever yeah, they have there. I, have right <laughs> I cannot. Cafe latte. Uh, the team <laughs> also announced, the Cardinals announced, <laughs> that it still intends to make further additions to its major league coaching staff for 2024. Welcome back, Carp. Oh. oh. Uh, the Yachty? We're not, we're not bringing... Yachty is, yeah, uh, is off the board. Too. That might happen, too. All right. Well, again. But if you're going to have a reclamation project pitcher, you might as well have a pitching person to reclamate them or maybe a catching person as well yeah possibly yeah, in the organization good idea i again i'm just gonna wait i'm not gonna get up in arms I, but if we are when does spring training start yeah. uh usually valentine's day so yes. if, if we're in this same spot the first week of february mm-hmm. i'm gonna lose it <laughs> i'm just giving you fair warning okay. I, I i will he uh, got three months mm-hmm. uh, two months uh, something like that and if it's in the same spot that it is right now, and here's the here's the here's the issue, if it's in the same spot without much effort, meaning we we were told that they didn't really go after Aaron Nola. If we get told that they don't go after Yamamoto, if they don't go after Blake Snell, if they put all of their eggs into the the Sunny Gray basket and and the the uh, Atlanta Braves outbid them, if they are unable to get any of these guys, if they put together a trade um, package and and they get outbid by another team for Dylan Cease or, or one of these other pitchers, then I will probably lose it That's because fair. it's That's fair. because yeah. it, it's 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 past time. It's mm-hmm. we're, we're we're past that point of the the program where we where we allow patience. We would be right, you know, knocking on the door of the season. And so you haven't you wouldn't have had done anything enough to make this team better. So, yeah. 
All right. Monday Night Football, the Eagles knocked off the Chiefs 21-17. Terrific second half for the Eagles' defense. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles weren't dominant. Very few teams are against the Chiefs. Uh, but the Chiefs failed to score a touchdown in the second half for the third straight game, and now they're the worst second-half scoring team in the league. Oh, So, uh, yeah, they need good. to improve things. They're not good? The Chiefs offensively are not good. No. Would, would you take their group of players over the Steelers' group of players offensively? No. I would take their quarterback wow. oh. and their tight end. I wouldn't take – no. Their offensive line? Uh, George per- uh, Pickens, hmm? Deontay Johnson. They're going to catch the damn ball. They just got a quarterback that can't throw it to them. I would take the Steelers' offensive personnel, other than Travis Kelsey and and the quarterback, but their receivers are... are, Despite last night, you give me Tooney, you give me Creed Humphrey, you give me... Trace, uh, man, uh, I, I, I would definitely take the, the, the Chiefs' offensive line. I would take, you, but I'm talking skill guys. Oh, okay. like, we're talking skill guys. I'm gonna take. Yeah. I'm if, gonna take. If if I'm going to a, into a game, if taking my chances, I, I'd rather take my chances with the Chiefs scoring a bunch of points than the Steelers scoring a bunch of points. No question, every day. Because, but but that's based on the quarterback. But if I'm taking my chances on throwing the ball to a receiver mm-hmm. and him catching it, mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony yeah. showed us his hands don't work all the time. Marquez Valdez Scanling has been showing us that mm-hmm. for a while. Uh, in his career, yeah. you got you got Sky Moore, you got Chris, you got Watson, who who they all find ways to not catch the football. Now Travis Kelsey is dropping passes and putting the ball on the ground. You know why? That's probably yeah, very, tr- tr- clearly. Oh, no, that's is, not is, why, Randy. No, it, Don't it start that. It is. It, no, it's, the, it's, it's a curse. It's not a curse. It is. No, the curse is that they should have gotten more wide receivers or at least more talented wide receivers. CD, you say it all the time. It's about execution with the players. This is clearly an execution issue. 26 (laughs) drop passes, which leads the league. I don't understand how you're a receiver in the NFL and you struggle in that regard. Randy, what was the quote? What did you think about your team's execution? I'm all for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's. Uh, I also think we need to look at. Let's give Philadelphia some credit for being pretty good too. They're a really good football team, and, and I don't think anybody, any rational person, should be surprised if they wind up back in the Super Bowl. And if you look at their season this year, they've allowed 20 points. They've allowed 28. They've allowed 11. They've allowed 14. They've allowed 20. They've allowed 17. They did uh, allow 31 to Washington. Uh, they allowed 23 to Dallas and then 17 last night to Kansas City. And, of course, Kansas City had a touchdown at the end that was right on the hands of Marquez Valdez scandling that he dropped. So uh, I think we also need to give some credit where credit is due with the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think that was all on the Chiefs last night. I think the Eagles are really, really good. I think Marquez Valdez scandling dropping that ball in the end zone or right before the end zone is on the Chiefs. I think when you have <laughs> – you gotta make that play. You're yeah, a you professional yeah. athlete. Like that is that's not on that's not on the Eagles perform. That that's an opportunity to make a play with less than two minutes yep. left in the game to win the game and you don't catch the ball. And so that's on that player. And 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 if you continue to put that player out there and he continues to make those mistakes, then that's on you as a coach. Yep. Because that guy has to make that catch. It doesn't matter at what level of football, well, your high school on, high school, college, NFL, that's a catch that needs to be made. That's why Tyree Kill is making $20 million here and Valdez Scantling is making two. Well, don't throw right? the ball. There's a reason that there's good players and bad players, and right? And Valdez Scantling, there's a reason Green Bay let him go. What is the what is the quote? I'm not 
not going to be mad at you. I'm mad at the guy that brought you here. There you here. go. Bingo. Yeah, there yep. you go. Exactly. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. It's a special Tuesday edition of our Thursday show. Well, not really, but we're going to move some stuff over, including Sick of It, which is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Oh, Carrie, where were you? Three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Okay, guys, so we have uh, three televisions in our mm-hmm. studio, and they're on all the time. So I understand how one's going to go out, but it is twenty twenty three, and uh, why does why do we have a uh, television in our studio where you press the en- input button and there's no HDMI one input. You can't even get one of the channels on one of our TVs. One of the channels that we need. We need to be able to watch Michelle Smallman's show yeah. for the first hour of uh, our show, and we can't because of the HDMI issue on our left Vizio TV. Uh, the fact that we can't have three working televisions in our studio <laughs> makes me sick not. of it. Well, that's not great. You should take it up with our engineer here. He is. Rock, he yeah. is. He has become. Uh, he's our video, <laughs> video engineer. engineer. Yep. You, you Remember, that, we you, added that you, title. You became that when you figured out how to get these cameras. Here's in your the thing. <laughs> I can't That's do much more title. engineering behind. I tried all the inputs and and none of them worked. Did you Did you unplug it and plug it back oh. up? <laughs> oh. Because we everyone knows that I'm not that unplugging is the cable the box. Key. I'm not doing it. You unplug it and then you that. plug it back up. That's the key. CD. That's exactly right. Everybody knows that. Ryder's back now. I'm going to get in trouble if I do that. Oh, man. You just got to unplug it from the side and plug it back in. Everything, it, work, everything, it resets itself somehow. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm sick of? What? I'm sick of drop passes. I'm sick mm-hmm. of, of bad offense. Oh, I get sick of watching. Like I get so excited to watch the. You've been the, watching the Illini, haven't you? I've been watching the Illini. I've been watching the Steelers. <laughs> I watched the Chiefs drop passes left and right last night. It, it it troubles me, and you can see like when you watch the Manning cast and you see two quarterbacks that played elite football, championship quarterbacks, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, MVP of the league type of quarterbacks. When they watch football and they see it not done in the right mm-hmm. way, I feel that through my soul. Peyton Manning, when that drop pass happened, he grabbed his heart. Like he, he almost <laughs> yeah. physically had an ailment because bad football is painful to watch. Mm-hmm. It really does something to your psyche when you are watching poor, like bad defense. Okay, you can you can say yeah, the, the the other team is just that, that, that's a tough team to play against. But when you're a bad offense, it is glaring. When you can't. The damn Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett threw for 106 <laughs> yards. Randy, I got torn. I've had shoulder surgery. I I know I can get the ball to a guy. <laughs> for a, if it's a check down, I'll check it down 10 times. Mm-hmm. 10 times 10 is 100. Right? Go give yeah. me 10 yards, man. I, I, come on. <laughs> Watching, I'm sick of bad football, specifically bad offense. Mm. Do better. 
be better and we will all be better for it. Thank you. It feels like we're not seeing that explosiveness in general. I know that I talked about this before with the Chiefs this season, but not just the Chiefs, but with other teams this season. The Eagles didn't exactly look great in the first mm-hmm. half of the game last night. It was, I, I don't know. I don't really like how everything is with the NFL this season. If this is scripted, I don't know why they would want to script it this way. Oh, no. <laughs> Miami's a team to watch. If you want to watch explosive football, Miami's a team to watch. And every now and then the Ravens, but, mm-hmm. you know. Eh, sometimes Detroit, the 49ers. Sometimes, the 49ers Recently. are the most consistent one. Yes. 49ers are the most consistent one. I like watching them. Well, guys, you know what I'm sick of? I thought about this when I was grocery shopping the other day. I'm sick of people not saying excuse me anymore. Do you guys notice that or is that just me? I I just feel like people don't say excuse me that much. Now, I understand, you know, that things are happening quickly. You're rushing. You're getting in and out. But it's just a very nice, courteous thing to say just to say, oh, excuse me. Do the Midwest. Oh. Oh, pardon me. You yep. know, the, when you run into somebody, yes, right? The, or oh, they run their card in. Or if you just need to get past somebody yep. in the aisle, say that they're just scanning and taking a minute, that's totally fine. But it just is, it's a very courteous thing to do, just to say, excuse me. There was a, a kid the other day. So I was in this aisle over at Schnooks, and it was like a very tight aisle. It's not like one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And this kid just came barreling through. And I say kid, he's probably like 11 years old, just came barreling through like go karting basically between our shopping carts. It was me and another girl and I'm like is he gonna say excuse me no he did it I don't know and I it's not just the younger generation but I feel like now people just don't want to take the time to say that and I feel like it's a very nice thing to do manners are out the window in America (laughs) I I stop people when they don't when like if I hold a door I do the same thing for somebody and they don't say thank you you're welcome as loud as possible because Wait, well, who raised you, man? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. Who, who, who raised you to be this type of person? Yeah. It's just yeah. a nice thing to do. And like even if anything. you don't, even if you don't, you don't have to mean it. You right. don't have to mean it. Right. You just say, "Excuse me," because it's the courteous thing. You had the little, oh, you know, a little Midwest. Oh, nothing wrong with being nice, right? Squeeze right through. Yes. Yeah, good, good, good call, yeah. Brooke. All right, Matthew, what do you got on the text line there? I'm sick of the smoke and mirrors approach the Cardinals are giving us. Stop saying you need to bolster the rotation a major way and then going out and getting a number four starter. <laughs> well, see, Mo can't win because people say, do something. And then he goes out and does something and they say, do Not something else. I omitted the last line. Do you want it anyway? What? Loosen up the purse strings, DeWitt. Hey, I'm telling you. Loosen you, up you, the purse well, strings. We, we really enjoyed last year's starting rotation, didn't we? When for most of the season until August 1st, the Cardinals had the second highest paid starting rotation in the sport. They ah. loosened up the purse strings last year, and I know you loved that, no, didn't they, you? How did that go? How did that go? I, I would just say to all Cardinal fans, just be patient. Now, if the beginning of spring training, like I said, it's not, nothing has changed. Then lose it. After the winter meetings, if nothing has changed. Go lose ahead, it. Yeah. lose it. It's yep. okay. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. At that point, when all if if all of the other free agent pitchers have signed their mm-hmm. contracts, and maybe some of are, are, are massive contracts, maybe some of them are not. But when they if they are signed and there are there is nothing left left to choose from, that's when you can go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Exactly. It feels like we're in like no man's land right now. This is Cardinals no man's land that mm-hmm. we're in. Just this whole 
wait and see approach, as you said, CD. I think people are just tired of the waiting, waiting and seeing. They just want to see action at this point. So we're just kind of drifting along in no man's land, waiting for answers. Mm-hmm. Sick of it. Letting letting my son drive my car while I have to drive his crappy car. He's borrowing mine while he visits his girlfriend in the holidays in Canada. Oh, oh. that's such a nice Canada. Move, that, that is, how you is care about your kid. Why would you make nice? sure you get a good car so that he's, well, it's it's stable. Mm-hmm. It gets him there. Just suck it up. How how does the kid? Fifteen. My son's crazy car while in a bar. My kid visiting girlfriend's house. Yeah, guys, probably. I'm I'm saying not, that's nice. between like nineteen and twenty five. I'm guessing. I would say twenties. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do as a father. Yeah. My daughter has a yellow Fiat that sometimes I have yeah. to drive. It's uh pretty small. I don't like it. It doesn't like fit you. Nah, probably. Nah, right? I've, I've driven it a few times and had to go places. And I'm like, oh my god. Those are small. <laughs> now I so want to see you in it. Oh, Brooke, it's bad. <laughs> I need a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of the Cardinals thinking that nostalgia hires are all we need to keep the fan base coming to games. I need top end talent. Now, last year people were totally fired up about the bench coach at this time of year, weren't they? People were oh, buying yeah. tickets for the bench hand. coach last year at this time of year. Mm. They were, and then that didn't last. No, that didn't last with Matt Holiday. Yeah, well, we would have loved to. It didn't even last to the winter warm-up, did it? Nope, it did not. Now, no, no. (laughs) But hey, I'll tell you this though: we have the best damn GM special assistant in baseball. Jesus, (laughs) Randy. Hey, it's how about that? It's Thanksgiving week, so you know, in Thanksgiving, you bring your family members back together, some long lost relatives, mm-hmm. an uncle you haven't seen in a while. That's what this is, mm-hmm. right? Here's the thing: Did Joe McEwing coach with the White Sox when Dylan Cease was there? Oh, oh we may have we're just found somewhere. something. We we, we got we a connection. May, we may have, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Anything is possible. Yeah, he was there. He was there through 2022, so. <laughs> there from 12 to 22. There's the secret weapon. We've oh. called Jose Okendo the secret weapon forever. But we our secret weapon <laughs> is Super Joe McEwing. <laughs> um, Maybe. Super Joe got a lot. we got work to do, man. And, and the song this, going. You know, hopefully. Oh, ho, ho. Speaking yeah, of work. Is, uh, go ahead, Rock. I'm sick of these Chiefs games. Why are you giving me less and less Taylor and Travis information? Oh my God. Agreed. <laughs> Listen, man. It's Was slowing down, game? I don't think no. she's, she's on tour. Game. She's on tour. Well, and that's canceled. why they didn't do oh, well. Oh, the parents canceled. Oh, <laughs> the parents canceled, yeah. eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what reason would that be? I think the dad <laughs> with the bad weather is stuck in South America on the tour, and there was bad oh. weather in Kansas City yesterday. Mm. Carrie. So planes. Okay. I'm Carrie. What? I, I like how you don't <laughs> want this relationship to, I, like, you don't like to hear about the relationship, but you also don't want it to work out. The joy. <laughs> In I your don't face. not want it to work out. I just don't know that it will work out. You're ready uh, for this downfall. You'll be waiting. Yeah. You need to have your your uh, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, have your relationships be brief and during the off season, like Roethlisberger with uh, Georgia uh, in the bathroom. Oh, oh, oh Randy! Oh my God! Randy! Randy. Oh, Randy. oh my God! Character. <laughs> Was it brief or was it during the offseason? Oh my god! <laughs> it is 7 30 
ready. Get ready. What are we doing here? We got to send this to Brett. We got to send this to Brett. It's a news story. You can Google it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Please don't. Please don't. We'll pretend like that didn't happen. Thank you, Matthew. It's better than other brief encounters uh, Rosberger has during the offseason, you know, like with, okay. like with, like with the okay. pavement. Yeah, oh, exactly. Ben <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wolfman did nothing to anyone this morning. He just <laughs> well, he did something to one person, <laughs> allegedly. Oh, rock! Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, you see the, the, Do, uh, don't we have a break or something <laughs> we need to get to? It's 7.30. Did you guys see the picture I sent you guys last night of uh, the, the Bills fan with the number 32 yes. jersey with allegedly, allegedly. above? 32 where the Simpson where the nameplate is where the it's 32 and allegedly pretty funny <laughs> oh my uh, god coming up rumor central from from MLB on the open on 101 ESPN the smartest way Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The Atlanta Braves won 104 games in 2023, and since the end of the season, they have added or signed six relief pitchers. Yesterday, they signed Ronaldo Lopez, to a three-year, $30 million contract. Of course, he had been with the White Sox, actually got traded on trade deadline day. And uh, so he is now a member of the Braves. He joins Joe Jimenez, who comes back. Pierce Johnson, who they got late in the season. They signed to a two-year, $14.5 million deal. They acquired Aaron Bummer in a trade last week from the White Sox and Jackson Coar, And now they also add Ronaldo Lopez. So the rich get richer in baseball. With the Braves, uh, not needing the kind of reinforcements that the Cardinals need on their bullpen, but uh, adding or bringing back six different names. So congratulations to the Braves. Meanwhile, do we want to say congratulations? Do, uh, yeah. No, we shouldn't say congratulations. Yeah, they're, they're doing it right. Do you think that that leads to some of the frustration that Cardinal fans have? Yes. Is when a team that performed as well as the Braves did last season. Obviously didn't do well in the playoffs, but performed as well, got the NL MVP. Like, they are actively trying to still mm-hmm. get better, and the Cardinals lost 91 games, and they're kind of— Be patient. Just, yeah, okay. No. That's what they're saying. That's what they're telling us. That yeah, is. The Rays aren't being patient. Because no. they want to win. It matters. Yeah. It does. When you want to win, you kind of move with a sense of urgency. Well, here's the other thing, C.D., an organization like the Braves, Cardinals might not want to admit this, but I think if they if they logically look at their organization versus the Braves organization, the Braves are miles ahead of the Cardinals. Cardinals have spent a lot of money 
in the international market, but none of their international signings have worked out. Here you've got the NL MVP. You mentioned Ronald Acuna was a very aggressive international signing by them. They go out the year they won the World Series. They need a couple of outfielders because Acuna got hurt. They go out and get four, and they fix things that way. Uh, They lose a guy like Freddie Freeman, but they have an able and ready replacement by going out and trading for Matt Olson, who very easily could have been the MVP this year. Uh, they lose Dansby Swanson, and they, they identify a guy like Arcia, and he becomes an all-star. So th- that's just an organization, and there's more than half the organizations in baseball that are ahead of the Cardinals in, in evaluating and then pouncing on talent. Exactly. And I think that that's what most fans here in St. Louis were expecting is a sense of urgency and aggressiveness this offseason. That's what I was expecting, right? I was expecting to see the Cardinals be aggressive. One, because John Mosaloc also mentioned that. He said that they were going to, what was his quote this offseason, that they were going to set the market and I have yet to see that. And maybe, I don't know, maybe he tries to make a splash with Yamamoto. That would be fantastic. But it just feels like you shouldn't hold your breath yet just because of the other things, the taking back of comments, the two and a half starters. It was supposed to be three starters. Now, to be fair, mm-hmm. he didn't say what type of starters <laughs> there were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's tricky, where he got tricky. you. That's where he got you there. Um, it, it's just, it feels like we are just really waiting around for them to be a little bit more aggressive. And yes, you have to give them some time. But when you see the Phillies and Braves being in all these conversations for all the pitchers that we would love to have here in St. Louis, you can see them in the rumor mill. Their names constantly coming up. I think that's what Cardinals fans and what we were hoping the Cardinals would be like this offseason too. And to be fair, they are supposedly still in the hunt for Sonny Gray. And maybe something could come out of Yamamoto, but it's hard to tell where this will go. Meanwhile, the Cardinals have received trade inquiries on Dylan Carlson from multiple clubs, according to Derek Gould. The Blue Blue Jays have been identified as one of them. Now, the Blue Jays have an interesting guy in Alec Manoa, who in 2022 was second in the American League Cy Young voting. But he was awful in 2023. So Manoa is not a guy right now. He's kind of like the pitching version of Dylan Carlson. Uh, he, He was just bad last year. Carlson obviously has had his issues with Uh, not being able to stay healthy. But again, the Cardinals have to read, I don't know if it's read the room, they have to be self-aware enough to recognize that they have not fixed a pitcher in a long time. And if they're going to acquire a pitcher like Alec Manoa, they better have a staff prepared to reclaim him, to, to make him better than he was last year. And based on recent history, I mean, only 2023, because that's what we have for Dusty Springfield, it doesn't appear that the Cardinals are making pitchers better. I, I mean, you look at a guy like Alec Manoa, obviously not the, the season that he that he wanted to have last year, but the year before was really good. But 6'6", 285 pounds, mm-hmm. a guy that can be a horse, a guy that can eat up innings when healthy and pitching and performing uh, at the level that you need him to. And, and I guess you would compare what, are, what have you gotten from Dylan Carlson throughout his entire tenure here or do you are we still in the mode of wait and see for him or have we seen enough and said we're probably past that point is he extremely talented yes has he shown it consistently enough no and that's the the one issue that you have with Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill they they both have elite talent ability 
but they don't have elite talent, elite, elite availability, which keeps them often injured and on the I.L. And mm-hmm. the Cardinals have a tendency to keep injured guys too long, right? They yes. did it with Alex Reyes when he still had some value. Rather than just go down the line with a guy that gets hurt all the time, I would rather see the Cardinals get some value for a guy like Carlson. And if they can get anything for Tyler O'Neill right now, the way he is perceived organizationally, you got to move him. That's why they should have traded him at the trade deadline. Yeah. When he was performing, yeah. he was hot. Yeah. He was everything that it's, oh, yeah, we can fix it. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. And then what happens? The same thing that tends to happen every single year or every few months. It goes downhill from there. Brooke Dodgers rumors. Hector Gomez reporting that the Dodgers are interested in going out and getting Mike Trote. And Bob Nightingale, USA Today, reporting that the Dodgers are preparing a package to go acquire Dylan Cease from the White Sox. Oh, the White Sox are open for business, and mm-hmm. the Cardinals need to be all over it. And it's going to be painful. That's You might not get your puke point whenever you're hitting free agency for a starting pitcher, but you're definitely going to reach your puke point when it comes to getting Dylan Cease here. It's going to be a painful trade to get him, but you need him at this point. Right? I mean, I think that we're all in agreement to that is that you need him at this point for this Cardinals starting rotation. If, again, you have somebody ready to make him better, that is capable of making him better. And when the Cardinals announced yesterday that they're going to add to their pitching staff, my hope, my sincere hope would be that they're going to give uh, Blake Lively some help in regards to <laughs> working with pitchers. You said so many different names in just this one segment for him, where sometimes I do forget what his name is. Like, I Robert have to Blake. stop myself. <laughs> He's no longer no, with not. us. No. Robert, Robert Blake, Blake. Oh, which I learned yesterday. I didn't know that until yesterday. And yeah, neither is his uh, Randy. Yo, who, by the way, he was the 10th husband uh, of. Tenth, her, she was her 10th husband? He was her 10th husband. Wow. Excuse me? She passed away. She got shot on a street. Which he was acquitted accused of. of. He was acquitted. Alleged. <laughs> he was all alleged. Oh my gosh. Randy, what happened? We had three allegedly's of. These are 9 a.m. hour jokes. The kids are already in school it's at that point. They're on 270 trying to get to high school right now. Kids, if you ever watch the show, Beretta. Are they out of school? One, two. Hazel is out this whole week. Oh, so, I forgot about Thanksgiving. Hey, Wait, which one was it of his wives? Uh, uh, Bonnie Blakely? One, I'm guessing. Bonnie Oh, come Blakely. on, man. Oh, yes. What no. is wrong with y'all? There was a Sandra Blake, too. <laughs> Hold on. What is going on? It was Blakely. Just, yeah, just uh, look. Blakely. Blakely. Here's what the thing. is going on okay, here? I, 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 I hate, hate to do this. Last one. Oh my god! Uh, I, I hate to do this with. I have to. I have to. Don't, help no. Uh, Six one eight. I'm not going to let Randy cook. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, let all you have to do is cook. Google. <laughs> let him cook. Uh, let him cook. Backley. Backley. So, Backley. so uh, all you have to do is uh, Google Robert Blake wife murdered and. Uh, uh, so uh, she was his second wife. He was her tenth husband. She was prolific. Wow. Yeah. So she, back uh, with but, but, but she didn't deserve to L-E-Y. die because I, I think that I, I think, think we should say that. I don't yeah. think anybody. I'm just no. saying because we keep saying that yeah. you know this is tenth husband. Tenth. That's that's yeah. a lot of. And just people to deal with. As an aside, here, for those that aren't aware of the story, number one, he had a show named Beretta. And in the opening song, it said, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. So 
but and he had a parrot or a cockatiel or something like that that he had on his shoulder. In 2002, Blake charged with Backley's murder, solicitation of murder, conspiracy, and special circumstance of lying in wait. In March 2005, a jury found Blake not guilty of the crimes. Seven months later, Blake was found liable in a wrongful death suit brought against him by Backley's children. Officially, Backley's murder remains unsolved. Mm. Sounds like Randy, a Friday night. I, I'm reading a post here that almost brought me to tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam Schefter reports at 7.42 a.m. Stillers have fired <laughs> offensive coordinator Matt Canada. <laughs> wow! Oh. oh, Matt. You did a... You didn't do a great job, sir. We appreciate you for your efforts, but the work just never quite matched what we needed. And now, hopefully, just hopefully, Kenny Pickett can get an OC that helps him know where his receivers are. (laughs) He can find them and hit them in stride. We can score some damn points. It's been a long damn time. Put it six yards. Oh my God. Oh. This is a beautiful day for CD. Oh man. I don't think that's going to fix it though. <laughs> You're saying Kenny Pickett might be the issue here? I don't know. Coming up, take it or leave it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Tioli next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Text line is open, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Okay, kids, I got a simple one for you. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. Take it. Nah. Mm. What about the Ravens? Go, I was going to go on something with the Super Bowl as well, but I, I'll take it. They're going to more than likely have home field throughout the entire playoffs. Um if they if they stay healthy, obviously there's a lot that goes into yeah. it. And Evan, every given Sunday does apply in the NFL. But if you were to guess right now, if I were to guess right now, man, they, they play defense. The quarterback is playing great. The offensive line might be the best in the league. They can run the ball. They don't really seem to me to have any weaknesses. So here here's the the this is they have I would they probably they have a really tough schedule. They mm-hmm. they they play the Bills next week. Win. The 49ers the week after that. Great game. At the Cowboys. Win. And then at Seattle. And then their last Win. well, the last four games are not really tough. But their next three, this this stretch of Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys, that's a tough stretch of games. Just gotta be the five Cowboys. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it too. Titans are out of it, huh? Uh, yeah. Titans are, they're not going to, they're not. The Titans aren't even like anywhere near the conversation. The conversation mm. is. Titans are six pick in the draft right now. Yeah. That's good. Yep. That's good. Great. No, no, not good. We just keep going. It, it, it's a vicious circle with, <laughs> with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand. <laughs> uh, so we were talking Super Bowl 
and the Kansas City Chiefs have been in a lot of Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game outside of Kansas City other than the Super Bowl. Take it or leave it, they won't have home field advantage this year. Thus, being knocked out, they won't make it to the AFC Championship game. Ooh. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to take that. I'm going to take it too just because I'm now very concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had a they they've they've had some they haven't just quite looked right. I mean, that that loss to the Broncos mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago was terrible. The loss to the Lions to start the season off, you could reason with that saying, "Oh, Chris Jones wasn't there, Travis Kelsey wasn't there." This loss to the Eagles, you're seeing Randy the the, the amount of points that they're scoring each week is not what we're accustomed to seeing for a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. And that, to me, has been the the problem. I mean, they, they got the, the 41 against the Chicago Bears, but that's the Chicago Bears. You know, <laughs> you put up 23 against the Jets, 27-19 versus the Broncos when they won that one, 24-9 uh, versus the Broncos when they lost, 21 in a win against the Dolphins in, in Germany, and then you only get 17 last night. They You expect the, the Patrick Mahomes to get you three to four touchdowns, that, that offense, mm-hmm. week in, and we got 28 is what you expect from that offense. Three touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown, I think has always been the expectation for them. As a player, what did it tell you when Andy Reid, who calls the plays, called run 60% of the time in the first half? They don't have guys they to throw it to. They don't have guys to catch the ball. Right. They don't have guys that That's are going to be. <laughs> they're not going to catch <laughs> the ball. Isaiah Pacheco is a really good running back, too, though. They, mm-hmm. they, yeah. they, they have made a decision, you know, to actually run the ball, which and, should help and them the defense is really come good. play defense, come come playoff time. But yeah, they, look at this. Look at damn drop. By the way, scary team. <laughs> scary, when we I'm talk about this, I'll, I'll make this quick. The seven and three Dolphins have Jets win, Washington win, Tennessee win. Jets again win. That's eleven and three. Then they get Dallas at home. I would not be surprised if they beat Dallas at home. But let's put that as a coin flip. Then they go to Baltimore and then finish up with Buffalo at home. I think the Dolphins getting home field is really scary for other teams. That'd be pretty good for them. Yes, I I agree. Can I steal this person's take it or leave it because this is cracking me up? Take yep. it or leave it. Randy will interview Dusty Swiffer in spring training and not remember his actual mm, I'll name. Totally take that. Yeah, I'll take it. My other one was going to be take it or leave it. The Titans need to be next when cleaning house. But I don't know what else you can do with the Tennessee Titans at this point. Hope your coach gets traded to New England. Well, that doesn't help to her. I feel like Vrabel is over his time in Tennessee. I don't think he wants to be there anymore, if I'm being honest. Just guessing. So go hire Jim Harbaugh. Huh. For the Titans? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. You know, well, try, you know he'll try to win, mm-hmm. but at all at all costs. At all costs. <laughs> yep. Take it or leave it. Yoho needs to be a part of Brooks' wedding vows. Take it. Oh, take it. Take it. Take so it. do we say it like everyone? At the yeah, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Group? <laughs> yeah, everybody. What's the PowerPoint yeah. days? Yeah. Yoho. Yo. Like this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, David would be is beautiful. thrilled right now. And that's what that's when I'll cry. Is that moment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of crying, we almost take it or leave. We almost saw tears of joy from Carrie right there. You almost did. I mean, I don't know if it changes anything to be honest with you, because I, I, I don't know. I thought this should have happened in the off season. I think we had enough evidence that that Matt Canada was not. It just wasn't good. It wasn't explosive enough. They weren't getting guys open. The run game has gotten better, but it wasn't great to start the season. The passing game has been 
putrid, to, to, to put it politely. 106 yards, man. Come on. <laughs> and so I thought that this would happen in the offseason, give your quarterback a chance to figure some things out and get better acclimated with a new O.C., I don't know how much this helps you right now. And you you have a winning record. So you fired Matt Canada. You know who you have to hire as your your new OC? Who? Ron Mexico. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I knew the joke was coming, but I didn't know exactly where it was going to go. Randy's just firing away this morning. Oh, my gosh. Turn it on the cornflakes. Muffin. I can't do nothing to nobody this morning. He is minding his business. There's many people that are that are on Randy's hit list this morning. Oh, they are just man. minding their business this morning, and Randy just came tearing through. Canada, Mexico. Get no. it? Did you, yes. that, did you watch that new movie on Netflix, The Killer? No. That's about an assassin. I'm just like thinking no. Randy, Randy's just over here in a window just picking people off left, right, and center. It's beautiful. <laughs> Take it or leave it. We need Polo calling a blues game with Joey. It would be absolute electric factory. Oh. Enough to power the Ferris wheel and the zoo. Take it. Oh, I agree. I think it's awesome. That would be, that would be Ooh, great. So Can Joey speak Spanish? I'm Ooh. sure he's capable. If that would make it res- more fun. Is there any other Renaissance man in St. Louis that you put money on being oh, able to speak a bunch of different rank- languages right. randomly? Yeah. No, I like, I 100% agree. If Joey's got some Portuguese in his back pocket, I'm honestly not that surprised. <laughs> some Mandarin, if you will. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, one, this seems like an unnecessary shot. Take it or leave it. Next season, Randy's going to learn some names of the soccer players. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Who came up with Santa Claus is coming to town? Hello. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Edward Lewin. <laughs> Roman Burkai. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. Yep. Randy, Tim, this is Tim Parquet. This is somebody who probably Parquet. you you went after this morning mm-hmm. and they were like, I gotta find some way to get Could back be. at him. Yeah. A match made in heaven. Take it or leave it. Matt Canada is the new offensive coordinator for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, oh I'll take oh. it. Yeah, they'll <laughs> Hawkeyes are averaging 18 points a game, by the way. He doesn't have to change his wardrobe. 21st in college football. It is. But their they defense are. is third. <laughs> They're probably on the <laughs> field. The top, they got a lot of opportunities. Top four scoring defenses in college football are all Big Ten teams. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. How about that? great defense. Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State. Very nice. So now you know via radio. A friend of mine was not happy that I said that I didn't want, and by the way, you chimed in here, I didn't want Mizzou to play Iowa in a bowl game. In large part because Mizzou always loses to Iowa in bowl Uh. games. But Iowa travels very well. And I do profusely apologize to all you Hawkeyes out there. Do you want to fall asleep during a bowl game? Um, Not that bowl game, not when Mizzou's playing. I would say that's what you'll get. Yeah. Yeah. I I would rather have Mizzou play Tulane. Really? Oh yeah, because I think they have a much better chance to win. Yeah, but with Tulane, does that really move the needle with the fan base when it comes care. to traveling? I don't care. No. Uh, Iowa? I think Iowa would be better. Penn, Penn State would be the best. Penn State would be yes, the best. That would be the ideal one. Yeah. Tulane, I'm not exactly thrilled. Missouri's yeah, going to play a really good team in the bowl game. I, I look, and then they get to, you know, match themselves up against yeah. good competition. If, if you can, you just want entertainment. Keegan Michael Key on the sidelines just is great. <laughs> that, that, that's not him. He's yeah, like, it is. No, 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 no. Yeah, Kerry, no, no, no. I see him. His name is James, James Franklin. He looks like <laughs> he, he looks. They look alike. They actually did a skit where he went yes. in and pretended that he was James Franklin, but he he he's not. It's not the same guy. 
That guy says A.A. Ron. Dang it. Yeah. He, James is a, is a real coach. I thought that was James, <laughs> James Franklin teaching a class at Penn State. Oh, yeah. No. You done messed Cabin's up A.A. Ron. <laughs> Balake. <laughs> Denice. <laughs> Somebody spiked Randy's coffee this morning. That's what happened. <laughs> Randy is charged up. I love it. Oh, man. Coming up, uh, the card. Cardinals made a start to the offseason yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How did the, the Lance Lynn set up the rest of the offseason, though? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Six in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke, Kerry, Randy, and Matthew. And the Cardinals did sign Lance Lynn to a one-year $10 million contract yesterday that could go to $13 million with incentives. They also agreed to terms with Daniel Descalso to be their new bench coach. I'll hit on Lynn quickly here. I think Lance Lynn is a great back-of-the-rotation addition. He takes the ball. He'll give you some innings. He's kind of like... Jake Westbrook was when he was with the Cardinals in in 11 or, or 10 or or Jason Markey. He's not a front of the rotation guy and he's being paid like a back of the rotation guy. So we need to look at it from that prism. Now, if the Cardinals co- can go out and make a deal for a nominal number one, whether it's Cease or Glass now, and then they can bring in a number two like uh, Sonny Gray or somebody like that. And then it's Michaelis Lynn Mats slash Thompson, then you've got something. But you can't back off your we need three starters proposition here because when you add Lance Lynn, you still need two. Lance Lynn is not a number one or a number two. So I like this. And oh, by the way, if you're going to go get an Alec Manoa, if you're going to go get a Dylan Cease, you need to help those guys get better. In the release in which they announced Daniel Descalso was coming, They announced more additions are forthcoming to their coaching staff. I hope that that includes a a helper for uh, Blake Ahern that can help with mechanics and help with game planning for young pitchers. (laughs) Jesse Blake. Who's that? Oh, not Dusty Blake. Oh, yeah, yeah. What are you, Dusty Springfield? Sorry, Robert, or Dusty? Robert Blake is Robert who we Blake? were talking about. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I know. He's, I was like, who's that guy that I just yeah. said? Um, yeah, I agree with you. They need to be able to add to their coaching staff. One, because it was one of the smallest in mm-hmm. the league, so you have to add some more bodies in there and some guys with some experience and some experience outside of the organization, I think that that's helpful because I feel like you need somebody. I understand that the Cardinals like continuity. They like to have that consistency of you know getting guys who've been within the organization, promoting from within. I like that. That's typically good in a lot of businesses, but I think at this point that you need to bring in some outside voices from outside the organization <laughs> because Sometimes the message can get stale. Sometimes consistency can get stale, and you need to bring in some new faces to help with that. And you do need help with the pitching staff. With Lance Lim, if he's going to be another reclamation project for you, which is what I was expecting for that swingman role, he 
fits in with being a number five, but his numbers are concerning. And I know that that was split between the White Sox and Dodgers, but combined ERA 5.73. The velocity on his fastball has continued to go down. His highest walk percentage since 2018 last season. And then, oh, by the way, the home runs are a giant issue. Leading the league in that with 44 is always an issue. So you have Miles Michaelis, who hopefully will bounce back next season, who led the league and hits allowed. And you also hope that Lance Lynn will bounce back. That's a little concerning to me when you have to just kind of hope that all these guys will bounce back at the exact same time. Because isn't that what we were kind of feeling going into this past season? Mm -hmm. Is that you were expecting Jack Flaherty maybe to become that number one or two starter for for you. You were hoping maybe Dakota Hudson would have some sort of role in the starting rotation. You were hoping for a lot of different things and it didn't all come together. And that's what this feels like as of right now. But if you go out and get a legit number one and two, I think everybody would feel a lot better about this. And oh, by the way, Lynn was pitching in front of one of the worst defenses ever. Now, the A's were a minus 79 as a team in defensive run saved. They were in last. Chicago was a minus 59. And then the next worst team, Cincinnati, was a minus 38 in defensive run saved. So uh, Oakland was secretariat in the Belmont. But the White Sox were whoever finished second in the Belmont that year uh, because they were horrible defensively. And so Lance Lynn had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. My question, I think, would be: So now you, you, you—they talked about about forty-four million in the offseason that they had to spend. Well, is that correct? The correct, the Cardinals yeah, had about well, around forty-four so. yeah. million, forty to forty-four million, and then seven-ish yeah. million coming from the non-tenders. Well, ten of it is gone, right? So mm-hmm. that leaves you obviously with thirty-four left. Are, are you? That means you're going to get. You can potentially get one more starter, but are you willing to allocate? Yamamoto is going to cost around $28, $29 million. Yeah, and they probably, the Cardinals might have 25 ish. Okay. Because you got you, you to gotta pay the 40 man roster and you have so to pay benefits and stuff that like puts that. puts you, Snell is around $27 million. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, Snell is around $24 this million. That's why we're talking trades. Sonny Gray is around $24 million. $27 million for Snell, $24 for, for, for Sonny Gray. Are we, is there enough? Is there going to be money? to be spent on one of those starting pitchers becomes my next question. Maybe you make two trades. Maybe you trade. Maybe you do Carlson for Manoa and then you do Gorman and Graceffo or whomever for Cease. Now, if you do that, then we're talking. Well, who are you going to have to give up? Because Gorman and Graceffo. Gorman, Graceffo, and and, and Dylan Carlson. And Dylan Carlson. You don't think that they'll want anybody else for two trades? You think that'll be? Toronto, apparently that's the deal that they're looking at. And with Cease, the, maybe the Dodgers could do more, but are the Dodgers going to give up a bunch of young starting pitching to get Dylan Cease? Because they need starting pitching as badly as the Cardinals do. Mm-hmm. What if you have to give up two starter, starting pitchers and... Depends uh, on who... I, I, I would Nolan go Gorman, Gorman Graceffo and somebody else. Yeah, I, I think that much of Dylan Cease's stuff. Now, does he have to be helped out? Yes. But I mean, he said he had 14 consecutive games two years ago where he allowed one or no runs. Set a major league record. That's <laughs> you don't do that as a fluke. He's a stud, and he's got the stuff. And if he's pitching before a good defense within within a good culture, he will be a stud again. And somebody's gonna. There should be 29 teams after that guy, and somebody's gonna get a really good pitcher. And it scares me to think that it might be Atlanta. I, I thought about this yesterday because the Cardinals had been. 
the philosophy had been pitch to contact because of the shift, because of the numbers and the analytics allowed you to cheat the system to a degree because you could know where a guy hits the ball at the majority of the time and put two, three people on that side of the infield. Now you can't get hits. Baseball has, it feels like is moving away from that part of the analytics and players actually matter. You know what? We can't have three people on one side. We can't mm-hmm. cheat the system. The analytics aren't going to help us. Now we have to get pitchers that can actually freaking pitch. Yep. That can strike guys out. That can get, you know, hit their location and not throw a ball where we know this hitter is going to reach for it. He's going to swing and he's going to hit it to this side. No, we got to get guys that are not allowing people to hit balls. And so the analytics it seems like the analytics are slowly starting to it's starting to shift back to players you're seeing it with the managers that are being hired that are winning championships they're going with their gut as as opposed to just looking on a sheet of paper and deciding that that's the best way to go about it analytics are becoming what they're supposed to be a tool rather than the driving force of what determines what happens in a game yeah that that is the way it's just are the Cardinals going to follow that trend? I am concerned, though, because we are getting this text in a lot. People are concerned about Gorman. And somebody from the 314 said, trading Gorman for a project? With any pitcher, you never know exactly how they're going to pan out. And you mentioned there's concerns about if he will be able to be, say, Dylan Cease does come here via trade, will he be able to be developed properly? So then you're giving up a Gorman, left-handed power bat. That's hard to come by and hard to give up. And how many games did he miss last year? That's with the, bat back? Quite a bit. That's, the yes. that's the concern. When you have a guy that is... The back issue for me. How long did he have that? Eh, about a week back. No. I think, Carrie, that might be an yeah. issue that is shared by the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. That that might be a, a back issue that is serious enough to preclude him from being able to play the field. Maybe he can be a DH, but will it allow him to play the field for a career? I believe that that would be a concern. So my thought is that Nolan Gorman is as much a concern as somebody having a bad year on a bad team. Especially when you've seen how things have gone with Dylan Carlson. Injuries have Mm -hmm. hampered him. So you've gone from cold, dead hands to now his name has been floating out there, possibly for a trade for a while. Yep. Uh, That is today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Mizzou plays Arkansas 3 o'clock on Friday. Should we be concerned about the Tigers maybe overlooking the Hogs? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to feed the Tigers on the Opening Drive. This is the Morning Zoo. On 101 ESPN. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention 101 ESPN to James's team when you request a quote, and they'll donate $20 to NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. annual border war game on Black Friday between Mizzou and Arkansas, 3 o'clock on CBS. And Mizzou is going to take on an Arkansas squad that announced last week, earlier this week actually, that they're keeping head coach Sam Pittman. There have been questions about his future because they're 4-7, and seven, but they're going to keep him around. They are averaging 27.7 points per game. That is in the middle of the pack in college football. And Mizzou's defense, which until last week has been pretty stout, uh, needs to be really good against Arkansas. Here's Eli Drinkwitz on what he saw from his defense against Florida. 
Yeah, there was a, a lot of different issues that got to get cleaned up. Um, you know, they do a good job of distorting your eyes through motions and, and uh, angles of the uh, angles of departure by the back out, out of the pistol. Um, and we just weren't very clean there. I didn't think we, you know, as far as our linebackers, I didn't think our, you know, they were they're pretty big up front. I didn't necessarily think our interior um, shed blocks as, as well as we had in the past. I just don't think our intensity in the second half was as good as it was in the first half um, to stop the run. Um, and that style of offense, you know, if you don't start, if you don't come out and pee in 10 and get a negative yardage player keeping it zero, their offense is a build upon drive offense. So they keep you guessing as it goes and it gets really difficult. So, you know, with us not having the ability to, to um, get first down stops or create havoc on first down, and then we let the quarterback scramble too much, especially when, when Graham Mertz uh, got injured. So, Coach, with the fact that you don't think your team was intense enough in the second half, what's the message for your club going into this week? Well, I mean, we don't need to trick them to, to want to play. There, there's, a, there's a rivalry and a trophy. I, I'm not worried about these guys being motivated to play at all, at all. I don't worry about the emotions of the previous three games. I worry about our physical health. But our team is going to want to play. They're going to want to show up and play. It, it means a lot to them. Um, this game means a lot to them, and it means a lot to me, and it means a lot to our staff. And we have a whole lot riding on this game, uh, and it starts with a battle line trophy. Everything else being equal, that's what the Tigers need. They they cannot take Arkansas lightly. Even though they're 4-7, and seven, uh, they're a tough physical team. Yeah, it's a rivalry game, and anytime you play a rivalry game, that team on the opposing side – if they're having a bad season, if they're not doing as well as they like and you're having a great year, the best part of their year would be beating you and and ruining your season to some degree or, or lessening the bowl game that you could play in mm-hmm. to some degree. It's just it, that's how rivalry games go. And so I think Mizzou has to stay dialed in. They've done a very good job all season long of of not, I guess, having the 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 – moment where you're looking past your opponent and, and preparing for the next one. You don't know who your next opponent will be, so you got to take care of this one because you, you've you done a really, really good job. This is a – when was the last time Mizzou had a 10-win season? 2014, I believe. So there you go. It's been a decade. Been, been almost a decade. You, you have an opportunity to have a 10-win season, go to a very good bowl game. Hopefully – when was the last time they had an 11-win season? Because that would be – what you could be playing for. You win this game against Arkansas, and then you go and win another game. It, it's is that a seven, Matthew? The you are the you eleven are, and two, and the two losses were to Oklahoma. Yeah, you are looking at a a a season that hasn't happened in a long time. So yeah. I think Mizzou stays dialed in. I think they win this game comfortably, and uh, they go into that bowl game and and hopefully they they perform well there as well. When he was talking about what this means to him personally, if you remember when Eli Drinkwitz was looking around, I think Arkansas was a place that was wanting to have Eli Drinkwitz because they were also looking for a head coach at the same time. As we know, Eli is from Arkansas, so I think there's a lot of personal things here in this game for him. Other than the rivalry, he understands what that stands for. But Arkansas is interesting, and I don't think that Mizzou is going to underestimate them in any way, but I'll be interested to see what the team's response is to Juracek saying, I'm 
not going to get rid of Sam Pittman, which I think it was the right decision to make. We do move on really quickly from head coaches. And in college football, you need time to really build the foundation of what you're trying to grow there. It seems like they get rid of college coaches just right at the moment that they're actually able to kind of get their system implemented. The players they even want, because a lot of them have to work with players that they didn't even want to bring in there that don't necessarily work with their system. So I thought it was the right move for them to make. So I'll be interested to see how this goes, but Mizzou should easily win this one. Meanwhile, when you talk about Pittman being under heat this year, it's a tough go when you're a head coach in the SEC, and that's something that Drinkwitz has recognized. Yeah, I I think uh, that was a smart decision. I think Sam Pittman is a heck of a football coach. I think he's done an outstanding job at the University of Arkansas from – you know, when we first came in this league, we both came in together and, and uh, the resurgence of that program um, and the job he's done recruiting and coaching and developing. And I think it sends a lot of positive message to the fans, the recruits, um, and to your co- coaching staff and to the players in that building that we're going to continue in this direction and it's the right direction. Um, look, expectations are expectations, and uh, this league is the best in college football. and. And uh, that's why you choose to be in it. You, you choose to compete at the highest level. Um, you know, it's the life we've chosen, as they said in The Godfather. So it is what it is. <laughs> we're trying to get little, uh, there little he is. Godfather reference. I was, there he is. I was, about, I was there about he to is. say, Drink has done a great job <laughs> of just coach speak. Like, we get annoyed with Coach Speak. We don't want to hear it, but he's done a great job. And then he just slides one in. He he does have a personality, so I I do appreciate that. Um, But he's done a good job this year of not really – putting his team or himself in a position that he has to walk back a comment or, or people are looking at him sideways are kind of crazy. So he's done a good job with that. He's done a good job with the team. They have been prepared every week. They have played well despite having injuries that, that pop up, you know, here and there. They, they've done a really good job this year. And, and you know, it's good for the kids. It's good for the coaching staff. It's good for the program. It, it's been fun to watch Mizzou this season. And, you know, you got to go out there and take care of it against Arkansas because, like I said, that's a rivalry game, and they will be looking, despite their record, they will be looking to punch you in the mouth and continue to do so. I want want to know, sorry, Randy, but I just want to know if people, this has always been a discussion even when I was in Arkansas covering the Razorbacks, do people really view this as a rivalry? I don't think so. They don't get a ton of people at the games when they play Arkansas is in Columbia. Is it more of a Arkansas a rivalry for Arkansas than it is for Missouri? I don't know. I, they Well, they question the same thing in Arkansas. I, I just remember it was Eric Beisel that kind of stirred up at least a more recent rivalry. If you remember, he said, what was it, Arkansas? Arkansas. Yeah. So I felt like that added to the heat a little bit. But I think the question always is, is this a real rivalry or not? Or is this more manufactured? Well, think of it this way. When they play a song at Mizzou Games in Columbia, it's... FKU. That's so strange to me. even though they never play them. Yeah, it is kind of weird. <laughs> that, uh, that, but that's you hate? That's, so that's, a, that's a rivalry. No matter though. who that's, they're playing, like, that was yeah, weird. Yeah, that's that's a real rivalry, that. man. And this one is manufactured. Well, I agree, it's manufactured. The attendance thing is weird because of the Black Friday aspect with kids leaving. But but I agree. I mean that's I, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a good like yard marker because of that factor. And it's going to change. I mean this is the last one because as soon as you get the uh, eight or nine uh, SEC schedule just flat out, you get rid of this whole Black Friday game thing. So maybe then I think we're we'll actually still going to be there on their list of three. 
But it won't be. But it won't be on Black Friday. Is what I'm saying. It'll fall. It'll it, because it'll move around the schedule. I think so. It'll fall on a regular Saturday mm, okay. just throughout the season from here on in. And maybe we actually get, get a good back, on the, right, yard, back, back on the list. We well, had a chance in the bowl game last year. And then they decided. Yeah. Maybe they'll be get to play KU in the bowl game this year. I don't think so. I don't think that KU is bad. that good. <laughs> that would be a bad tournament oh. for Mizzou. <laughs> that, would, that would mean they lose <laughs> what, what, on what Saturday. KU ranked? How many games? They've only lost twenty fifth or something. Yeah, they've only lost a couple of games. Yeah, for the for the rivalry. Yeah, so they can really sing their KU FU whatever that is, yeah, and, I, and it means something because it's weird. We we, uh, it's weird when you play yeah. against Memphis. I was just uh, so confused when I was at that game. Our, our buddy you Judge, had to double check. Yeah. Like, you were like, who, hey, who, who the hell are they yeah. playing? Hey, uh, <laughs> Mizzou. I'm a Lindenwood grad. Next year opener, we got you. We'll we'll take care of things for you. Ooh. All right. So yeah, Take it's uh, Kansas okay. getting ready to buy a loss. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Coming Texas up, State thought that too, we, didn't they? we've got the fight on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener. Drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and we have, it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, I'm doing good. A uh, little, little worried Randy's on fire. With oh, but he is. So here's the thing. I don't know if you kept listening after you got off yesterday. We had a bit of a discrepancy. Well, Randy had a bit of a discrepancy on one of the answers. And so he was a little fired up feeling as though, um, you know, the win yesterday was, was unfortunate that he lost. So... Well, let's see if I can get lucky again. All righty, here we go. Who was the first ever goal scorer for St. Louis City in the regular season and the postseason? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking you're Randy. <laughs> Jao Klaus, Tim Parker, or Ed- Edward Lubin? Edu Lubin. Uh, let's go Parker. Welcome back to Lance Lynn. Lynn put up four straight double-digit win seasons from 2012 to 2017, one of only three pitchers to do that for the Cardinals since the start of the 95 season. Wayno did it seven times. Who is the only other starting pitcher to match Lynn with four or more? Is it Matt Morris, Jeff Supon, or Mark Mulder? Uh, I'll go with Matt Morris. Welcome back as well to Daniel Descalso. Descalso had his biggest game at a big time for the Cardinals, picking up three RBIs on a double and a home run in a playoff comeback victory against which NL team? Is it the Brewers, the Nationals, or the Dodgers? Oh, who was that? Um, Go with the Brewers. There are only two Cardinals who have won seven National League batting titles in their career, Rogers Hornsby, and who else? Was it Joe Medwick, Kurt Flood, or Sam Musial? Um, I guess I can go obvious answer of Musial. All right, we'll double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Kyle, how you feel today? 
hopefully another good guessing round. All right. You're still, so these were just the, all educated guesses? I, you have a good <laughs> gut instinct, I feel like, not to give anything away. I guess things seems to work out. Oh, Randy. We'll Randy's back in and fired up. Randy, are you are you ready? Uh, not yet. Hold okay. on. Let me sit down. <laughs> okay, good. You, you remember uh, Kyle from yesterday. Yeah, we Kyle. Had a, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Uh, Thank you, too. The Texans slash Chiefs question from yesterday that was uh-huh. a bit troubling for you. Yeah. It is what it is. That's why I think that's why you're so fired up this morning. Yeah, you didn't no. get much sleep last night. I did not get much sleep last night. <laughs> hey, hey, Rock, why are you away from the mic saying things to Carrie? Why don't you say it into the mic? Huh? He wants me to be quiet Come and on, not fire Randy up. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. Who was the first ever goal scorer for St. Louis City in the regular season and the postseason? Tim Parker. Welcome back to Lance Lynn. Lynn put up four straight double-digit win seasons from 2012 to 2017, one of only three pitchers to do that for the Cardinals since the start of the 95 season. Wayno did it seven times. Who is the only other starting pitcher to match Lynn with four or more? Four or more double-digit win seasons since 1995. Um, consecutive. Consecutive. Uh, I don't think Carp would have done that. Um... I think I'm going to try Kyle Loesch. I'll try Kyle Loesch here. Welcome back as well to Daniel Descalso. Descalso had his biggest game at a big time for the Cardinals, picking up three RBIs and a, on a double and a home run in a playoff comeback victory against which NL team? I'm guessing that this was 2012 against the Washington Nationals uh, when the Cardinals uh, came had that epic comeback on that Friday night against Washington. There are two. Excuse me. There are two Cardinals who have won seven National League batting titles in their career: Rogers Hornsby and who else? Seven National League batting titles. Uh, I don't think Stan won seven. Uh, I'll do the. Uh, I'll do. I'll do the lifeline here. Maybe it was Frankie Frisch or something. We'll see. Joe Medwick, Kurt Flood, or Stan Musial. I guess. Well, Stan did hit 331 for his career. Uh, and he did play for a long time. It was not Kurt Flood. So this is literally a coin flip. And I will have to go with Stan. Even though Ducky Medwick did win in a triple crown, I will go with Stan the Man Musial. And let's go to a tiebreaker. Okay. Another tiebreaker. And the rules of the tiebreaker are simple. Kyle, I will read out the question. Then Randy will have a moment to write down his answer. As soon as he has written down his answer, we will take your answer audibly. Randy Carricker will then say his answer and show it on the Air Alliance team cameras. And then whoever closest to the pin is going to be the winner of this fight. Kyle, do you understand those rules? Yes. Randy. Do you understand those rules? I do. Do you have a piece of paper? I have a piece of a Lindenwood University paper. Okay, there we go. There you go. Um, Here we go. Missouri currently leads Illinois across the 24 editions of the arch rivalry. That's the football rivalry. I did the basketball one where you were on the show, which Illinois leads. Are you serious? I played football. Missouri currently leads. That's fair. Missouri currently leads Illinois across the 24 editions of the arch rivalry. How many times has Mizzou won? Missouri currently leads Illinois across the 24 editions of the arch rivalry. How many times has Missouri 
one. Just a moment, Kyle. Randy Carricker is writing down his answer. Okay. He's showing it to Carrie, but not to me. All right. Okay. We got Randy Carricker's guess. And Kyle, what is your guess? I'm going to go 15. Oh, my dear Lord. <laughs> do some quick math. I have to do some quick math here. <laughs> we have a winner of today's fight. Closest to the pin in the tiebreaker. Is it Kyle with 15 or is it Randy with... 14. Ring that bell. The winner and new champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. Oh, man. <laughs> I am so unused to their game, too. I forgot we actually have a separate one. When the when the Average Joe wins a second time. So congratulations, Joe. Missouri Kyle. is 17. <laughs> average, average Joe. Joe. Average I Joe. I called him Joe because he's the Average Joe listener. Uh, average. It's Kyle. <laughs> Who guessed 15? Randy guessed 14. Missouri is 17 and 7 in the arch rivalry. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, Carrie. Oh, I'm sorry, Carrie. But hey, Kyle, you, you you win on the tiebreaker today. Thank you very much. Good job, awesome. Kyle. Thank and you. now you were going to yeah. be going for a Hall of Fame on a Wednesday before a holiday. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh man. But congratulations anyway. We will talk to you tomorrow uh, when you go for the Hall of Fame. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Let's go through the answers and go through the questions. Who was the first ever goal scorer for STL City in the regular season and the postseason? Well, it was an own goal that we, that scored the first ever goal, but the first ever St. Louis City goal scorer was, in fact, Tim Parker. And then despite the fact that they got rolled by Sporting Kansas City, it was Tim Parker in that one po- po- that postseason game. I can't talk today. Welcome back to Lance Lynn. Lynn put up four straight double-digit win seasons from 12 to 17. One of only three pitchers to do that for the Cardinals since the start of the 95 season. Bob Tewksbury did it just before that. Wayno did it seven times straight before his injury and Matt Morris did it to start out the 2000s for the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to Daniel Descalso. He had three RBI, a double, and a home run in that comeback victory in Game 6 against the Nationals. How did things go in the NLCS for the Cardinals? Uh, that was 2012. They lost in six to the Giants. Freaking even your Giants. That was, uh, that was uh, the Barry Zito game in Game 5. And, and ironically, Lance Lynn with an error that cost the Cardinals the game. Oh no! And uh, Randy, we've run across discrepancies on old baseball stats before, and so here's the thing. I went through three different lists. One list has Rogers Hornsby with six, mm-hmm. and two have him with seven. Two lists have Musual with seven, and one of them has him with six. Hmm. So I went ahead and went with the, the greatest you know, common denominator. Sure. I gave them both seven, and it's Rogers Hornsby and Stan Musial. But we will talk to Kyle because he tied it up three to three in that fight. We will talk to him tomorrow before we head out for our Thanksgiving break, which I don't want to write these questions today. Uh, uh, so can I... Can I because we wouldn't even be at this point had, you know, we not had a discrepancy do in you yesterday's have to do fight. This, man? <laughs> you are such a poster, dude. All right, let's do it. No, let's do it. We, we, we are facing a Hall of Fame opportunity. And the only thing that, that, that I'm really bothered about is I won't be here oh, to yeah. participate. You're not here tomorrow. I'll be listening, though. You I, will I will be wake up. My body wakes up at. Five thirty every every day, anyways. Whether I have to work or I can like not put an email to like the people who write questions for Jeopardy and be like, "Hey, I need to call in a favor on this one, please." Oh, oh, this is going to be delightful. I hope you take care of business. I don't want to be. I don't want to see you. Come on, you're rooting for all of him. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. are. By the way, by the way, Kyle is going for the second Hall of Fame spot since the beginning of 2022. I am rooting for Randy Carricker. I always seem Randy. Maybe we should set some terms. But like, I do love it. 
Yeah. No. Now, when is the NFL stats? When do we care about those? Maybe that yeah. that's no, something to take an account for the questions. Yeah. AL, <laughs> AL Central, NL Central. We got to clarify that. It, it I think does that, not need so. To there, there's no. not any gotcha questions. No, I'm not worried about that. You're going to take care of business. Randy, I don't know. You're a champ. Are you sure you want me to put in questions from before the Super Bowl era? Apparently, I'm not great at them. Well, <laughs> as long as the answer is accurate, I'm good with it. This Randy, will not go away. Do you want to be? <laughs> Randy is doing. But no, I, because I, <laughs> there was just the problem was that there was no right answer, correct? Because there were like correct. three teams that had two. two, two each. Do you when you when you lose a fight? Do you go home and and like <laughs> study right away? I forget or? about it by the next segment. Good. Wow. Right. That's good to know. Yeah. Quick memory. Like, unless like a picture. unless Carrie brings it up again, yeah, which I enjoy. Fun. CD's not going to let that one go. <laughs> coming up next on 101 ESPN. Can we see the Eagles and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl again? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The Eagles knocked off the Chiefs last night. The Eagles improved to 9-1 and one on the season, while the Chiefs fall to 7-3. and three. And the Eagles right now have the inside track to the number one seed in the NFC. Not so much for the AFC's defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are going to have their hands full in trying to beat out Baltimore and beat out Jacksonville for having a number one seed. So the first question, guys, is after last night, do you foresee a Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl in uh, Vegas in February? I foresee a team like the Baltimore Ravens making a push. Um, they, they feel like, you know, the crazy thing is we talked all offseason about how great this AFC side would be with the quarterbacks of Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, uh, Tua potentially making that step forward. And then you had, you know, Lamar and, and obviously Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence. Burrow is hurt. <laughs> Deshaun Watson is out for the year. You, you've had a lot of Aaron Rodgers out for the year. You've had a lot of injuries, and the play on the AFC side has been – okay, but not as stellar as we thought it would be, which really puts anyone in a position to to come out of that side. I, I think it was so many teams before the season started that we had elite quarterback play from. We were concerned as how who was going to come out. Now it's, it's starting to thin itself out, and for me, the Baltimore Ravens have been the most consistent team. Mm-hmm. The Miami Dolphins have lost pretty much every game against a good team that they've had, th- those matchups. The Baltimore Ravens have just been consistent. They've lost a couple of games that they shouldn't have lost, Pittsburgh, um, um, Indianapolis, and another one that they lost a couple of weeks ago. But they are the most consistent team, in my opinion. I just don't trust the Chiefs enough because their their offensive side has been not good. You mean the 26 drop passes yeah, might, be, might be an issue? Yeah, not I don't know. I, I do agree. It just always feels like, though, that the Chiefs find a way. And that's why it's hard to completely discount them. I know that obviously that was not a good loss. The second half issues with the Chiefs here recently are a big concern. What do you think that that could be? Because I think that, to me, if you can figure that out, obviously the drop passes being an issue, your receivers being an issue. But what's going on in the second half for the Chiefs? Brooke, there's a lot. And Kerry, you can address this. There's not an awful lot that takes place with players with adjustments at halftime. But sometimes players can understand that things are different. And I have to believe that not having Eric be enemy there Mm -hmm. makes a difference for them because there are things that 
uh, one guy can see that another guy doesn't see as a game unfolds. And Eric Bieniemy is a brilliant offensive mind, like Andy Reid. Andy Reid can't see everything, and right. I wonder if the loss of Eric Bieniemy is causing some of their issues in the second half. I think it. I mean, it's causing issues on their team offensively. I, I don't think you have. We've never seen a Kansas City team drop this many passes. No. And yeah. what was the complaints when, when Eric Bieniemy got to Washington? He's too hard on us. He's he's poking us. He's going after us every single day. When you have someone riding you like that, like the way that Eric Bieniemy does on his players, he's really on them consistently, single day after day after day. You don't have those mishaps because it, it it's that important. Every single snap is that important. You don't you don't rest or relax when you have somebody that is after you consistently in the way and he he has been. And with that being the case, we really should be talking about a Chiefs win here this morning, right? Because Valdez Scantling should have caught that ball. Yeah. It should have been a touchdown. But we aren't, and they're seven and three. And right now they still are the second seed. They would win a tiebreaker over Miami and Jacksonville based on head-to-head sweep with those two. But Jacksonville is seven and three, and Miami is seven and three, and Cleveland is seven and three. And oh, by the way, Pittsburgh is six and four with a new offensive coordinator on the way. But Miami now has Tyreek Hill. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, they have Mike McDaniel, who's coached in a Super Bowl, not as a head coach, but he's coached in a Super Bowl. Jalen now, Ramsey. Now they have Jalen Ramsey back. He's won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of really strong, good, experienced players. And you mentioned Baltimore. I will mention Jacksonville, even though I don't think that you believe that Trevor Lawrence is a guy. But in one game, we saw it against the Chargers last year. In one game, Lawrence can beat anybody. I think that Kansas City is really vulnerable, too. I'm, I wouldn't pick one. But I'll pick the field to beat the Chiefs and prevent them from getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and this might be the year. I think with being to me, do you think that he would be able to get the most out of this wide receiver room? Is this more of a talent issue, or do you think that being to me would be able to turn things around? It's not a talent issue because they have plenty of talent. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony is talented. Marquez Valdez Scantling can run past people with ease. You know, Rasheed Rice. It's a being dialed in every single snap of every single quarter and not taking a playoff, not taking your eyes off the ball, not you know finishing the deal before you you catch it and secure it and tuck it away. Those are the things. It's the fundamentals. I was just watching a video from Tom Brady talking to Stephen A. Smith about the lack of fundamentals in football right now and how it has changed so much over the past decade. It is. These guys are, are super talented, and so they get away with lazy habits. And whether it's footwork, whether it's catching a ball and and being secure with it, whether it's making the correct read or moving your feet as an offensive lineman and keeping your feet in place as opposed to just using your hands. There are so many minor details to be a, a an elite athlete at the professional level that if you don't hone in on those on those attributes day after day after day, they'll start to slip. When the lockout of 2011 happened and they basically eliminated two-a-days and they took players away from coaches for most of the offseason that's when this started to deteriorate it's all an issue of players not being able to have or coaches not being able to have their players around and even when the Rams left Fisher told me Jeff Fisher that in his last year in St. Louis 2015 he had half as many training camp practices as he had in his last year in Tennessee in 2010. Half as many. They'd gone from like 40 to 20. Well, you aren't going to be as fundamentally drilled when you don't get to practice as yes. much. You, you, you miss out on the details. You see a lot of poor tackling, especially early in the season. And then offensively, you're, you're seeing it. Like it, it's There are so many things that are causing this, this 
offensive lack of out, offensive mm-hmm. output is the the amount of time that they get. It's the transition from college to NFL where they are doing things differently in college than they are in the NFL. It's the lack of development for those players, and with the lack of development is the lack of time that they get to develop. So all those things are are part of it. And one other thing, credit to Nick Sirianni and the Eagles because their players do play a very fundamentally drilled game. And maybe it's because of the way it's basically the Georgia Bulldogs on defense. Maybe it's the way they're coached in college, and they just retain that in the NFL. But man, that team, it is loaded with SEC talent now that you think about it. it. Maybe maybe it's the coaching that they're getting in the SEC that's benefiting them throughout the course of their NFL careers, too. There might be something to that. But to your point with what Tom Brady was saying, he says, I didn't see the excellence that I saw in the past. And I agree with him. And he mentioned, as you said, Carrie, that he thinks the coaching and development is a big issue with that. It's doesn't seem like we're seeing very clean, consistent football right now. Dick Vermeil says that in his prime, he couldn't coach in the NFL now because of the way he wanted to run his program and he's not allowed to anymore. Coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset for you on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. ...of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew. And the Philadelphia Eagles coming away with a big road win last night in Kansas City. And they improved, the Eagles do, to 9-1 and on the season. Obviously, that means that the Eagles fall to 7-3. and It was uh, not a very impressive performance offensively for the Chiefs, who fell by a score of 21-17, to but did have a chance to win it late. Good protection aired out. Valdez Scantling dropped it. At the goal line, Marquez Valdez Scantling. MVS had a chance to win it for the Chiefs, and like Joe Buck said on ESPN, he dropped it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, you couldn't put a ball in a better place. He ran right past the DB. He's wide open for the game-winning touchdown or the go-ahead touchdown, um, and he just dropped it. And so, that was kind of the theme of the night for the uh, really of the season for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they're they're not looking great. And Andy Reid was asked if he's concerned about the team going forward. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I, by all that, I mean I've I've seen teams change things around quick in this in this league. So um, we just we got to take care of business there and um, get get it done. So I'm, I'm not standing here having to talk to you guys about this. You know, I want to I want to. I want to get it right, and so I'm a part of that, too. The Chiefs' offense is struggling. Not as much as the Steelers' offense, though. The Steelers fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada this morning. That was tough. I mean, they they have been outgained. Having him or firing him? (laughs) They've been outgained in every single game this season. Your quarterback threw for 106 yards uh, in the last game against the Browns. They just have not been able to figure it out offensively. It's been really bad. It's re- been really putrid. And, and each week, either Deontay Johnson or George Pickens is not getting enough touches. Uh, Jalen Warren is, is a bright spot for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Najee Harris still hasn't been able to get going. They have to figure something out offensively. And this is a critical part for Kenny Pickett's career because you're in your second season. You are you, – you, I don't want to say you got an offensive coordinator fired, but you, you, your play definitely didn't help with him keeping his job. So you're, you're going to have a new offensive coordinator. You're going into the, the, the second half of your second season. 
and who are you? What are you? Because this is a key point in your career. If you are unable to have success, a 250-yard game, a 300-yard game, show some glimpses of the ability to play quarterback in the NFL at a high level, you will probably be watching football for the rest of your career mm-hmm. on the sideline, you know, keeping notes of, of what players are being called because people won't be able to trust you. So for Kenny Pickett, this is a time where he has to take a long, hard look in the mirror and say, who am I? What am I going to be? And how am I going to be better to help this team get better? Because they have a very good defense. They're six and four. They have a team that can make a run in the playoffs. But offensively, the quarterback and the offense has been holding that team back. Yep. Next is the Tennessee Titans. Let's clean house over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, just the coaching staff. Yeah. Not the GM. No. Uh, John no. Heyman reporting that Ransky. the Phillies, in addition yes. to bringing back Aaron Nola, are still in the market for high-level starting pitching. He says they have company, as is at least the Red Sox, Cardinals, Braves, Dodgers, and Astros are looking for an elite starter and many more than just those teams that are in on Yamamoto, who's only 25. So according to John Heyman, the Cardinals, at least he's being told, are still interested in a high-level free agent, which would leave kind of Blake Snell as the other guy, right? Yeah, it would. Why not Yamamoto? Why, Why not? not? Why not go out and make a splash? You already have the connection with Nolan Arenado being the same agent, right? You have the Lars Newt bar friendship. They are very, very close. Mm-hmm. Why not go out and sign Yamamoto? Yes, CD. How, how much is that going to cost? Oh, just like a little over $200 million. That's why. Well, here's another part. You need two to tango. If you're Yamamoto... I would think you're coming to the United States of America not just to make a lot of money, but to win and be in probably an attractive market. Well, there's no guarantee that the team's going to win. They lost 91 games last year, and they just added Lance Lynn, which will help, but probably isn't the answer. Uh, we love St. Louis, but St. Louis isn't New York or L.A. or even Chicago, uh, and I would think that the money at best from the Cardinals will be equivalent, but I have to believe the Yankees need starting pitching. They will outbid the Cardinals. I would think the Dodgers, they have a lot of money. They will outbid the Cardinals. I would think that he might not want to go to the Mets, but they will outbid the Cardinals. So these high-revenue teams just have more money to spend for a pitcher like Yamamoto. A bit problematic, in my opinion. Yeah, Finding, Finding out how much you're willing to spend if you're willing to play in those waters, which that conversation has never been a conversation that, that has gone in the direction of spending a lot of money if you're a St. Louis, St. Louis Cardinal or a St. Louis Cardinal fan. They, I, I just don't know. Lance Lynn, I think that's a, a, a very good signing for, for the back of your rotation. But we talked about it. They have to get ones and twos. Mm-hmm. And so where do they get the ones and twos from? Are you going to be hesitant to make a trade because of how trades have have gone for you in the past? Are you going to probably not going to outspend all of those teams that you just named, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Yankees, the the Braves, you're not going to, the Phillies, the Cubs, you're not going to outspend those teams because that's just not your MO. That's not what you've been known to do. So where do you get these starters from? And if you don't get them, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be chaotic for for Cardinal and Cardinal fans in 2024 if it doesn't happen. The Cardinals' motto this offseason should be "Why not?" 
right? That That's how mm-hmm. they should be approaching this because people want to see that aggressiveness. We were talking about the Braves being in all the conversations, the Phillies being in conversations. They supposedly will still be competing for Yamamoto. Why not the Cardinals? If you say that you want a quick turnaround in 2024, which is what was said, then you have to be able to go and get those pieces. Being able to sign a starting pitcher that obviously will be a part of a bidding war, but you're going to have to open up the pocketbook for that because if you want, that's a piece that's needed, right? Mm-hmm. And then making a trade that's going to be painful and you worry about what's going to happen with those players. These are things that have to be done because you need to fill those holes. And if you want to be successful next season, then you have to do that. By the way, if you're not trading Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, then you should be aggressive this offseason because yes. what's the point of keeping them? Yeah, what's the point of being mediocre and spending a lot of money to do so? Exactly. I agree it's gonna with be, that. It's going to be... There is going to be frustration when you are a a, a superstar player and, and you've made all of the money you can make or or could ask for, and the one thing that you don't have is a championship, and the team that you're on is not providing you the assets to help you. Nolan Nolan Arenado can't go pitch. Paul Goldschmidt isn't going to to be a reliever. He's the positions they play are the positions that they're paid to play. Now as a front office as a team your job is to help assist those players by getting players that can perform at a high level and if you are not doing that you are doing a disservice and if you want to see a superstar be pissed off continue (laughs) to not do the right things to help them get better that that's that's the nature of this game superstars when they got all the money more than likely if they are are really about the team they want to win championships and i think Paul Goldschmidt wants to win a championship. Nolan Arenado wants to win a gold, wants to win a championship. He's won all the gold gloves he can win. Those are perfect. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Doesn't have a ring for this game, and I think that that's something he wants. And if the best you can do, no offense to Lance Lynn, but he led the league in giving up home runs, and he was second in 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 the worst ERA in all qualified starters. If that's the best you're going to do to help them, they're going to be pissed off about it. That is a lot. You have to hope that Miles Michaelis will bounce back next season. You have to hope that Lance Lynn will bounce back next season. And they're both 35 and 36. Yeah. Six months, 100 degree temperatures in St. Louis in July and August. Perfect. Just perfect. Uh, That's your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, blues broadcaster, play-by-play man on Valley, John Kelly is coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues Booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, the opening drive on 101 ESPN. The Blues have spent the last several days in Los Angeles after knocking off the Ducks on Sunday night at the Honda Center in Anaheim. They'll make their way, the Blues will, to Arizona today and take on the Coyotes tomorrow night. 7 o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN. 8 o'clock faceoff here and on Bally. And the Blues play-by-play man on Bally, John Kelly, joins us now here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great, Randy. How are you today? Good. How has the uh, five days in L.A. gone for you? Well, it's uh, great weather, and uh, obviously it's it's a lot nicer off day yesterday after you break your two-game losing streak, which the Blues did, as you said, on 
on Sunday in Anaheim. So, yeah, um, all things considered, um, it's been a pretty good trip. Uh, it'd be a really good trip if the Blues could win tomorrow and make it a 500 trip. So um, that's the goal now. J.K., how do you describe this team? You have the back-to-back games where you give up five goals in each of those games, and then you come out uh, and then you win 3-1. to one. How, how do you describe what this team is and, and where they're headed right now? Well, Kerry, they're, they're, they've been inconsistent. I think it's pretty obvious. And if you look at this road trip, it started last Thursday in San Jose. And to me, it was a classic trap game where you'd come off two great victories against Tampa Bay and Colorado. You're taking on a team that has only two wins all year. And the Blues, quite honestly, just felt they could, you know, throw their sticks on the ice and win the game. And and that obviously was not the case. And, you know, they, they fell behind, you know, 4 nothing and um, got into too deep a hole. And then, you know, the L.A. game, L.A. is a really good team. Um, I don't think I need to tell you guys that or anyone else that. They're one of the top teams in the league. And, you know, maybe the key play was you're down 2 nothing. Okay, it's not the end of the world. Uh, and then you get a power play goal, and the Blues allow a shorthanded goal. Um, or you get, actually you get a power play chance, and then you allow a shorthanded goal. It's 3 nothing, then 4 nothing, and then, you know, you're in a huge hole. So, um, obviously, the Blues did not have a great first period. But I think that the power play um, really let them down in that game and, and gave them no chance to win by allowing that shorthanded goal. Speaking of bouncing back, what did you think of the bounce back effort from Joel Hofer in that win against the Ducks? Well, I thought he was great. You know, he stopped 30 of 31, and, and the Blues, their team game was superb. It was, it was like their team game against Tampa Bay and against Colorado and, and a lot of the other wins where – I thought they were really connected well. And by that, I mean, you know, you, you look on the ice, wherever the puck happened to be, the Blues had all five skaters in the area of the puck. And they supported the puck well. Um, they made themselves available for passes and things like that and, and played a great team game. Having said that, you know, when you allow only one goal like Holford did, um, obviously he was really sharp and played a great game. And he got pulled in San Jose, Brooke, as we know, but, Quite honestly, he kept the Blues in that game. It, it was one nothing after one period of play, and the Blues really should have been down by two or three um, and really didn't have much of a chance on the goals. So um, no goaltender wants to get pulled, obviously, uh, but for him to come back and allow uh, you know, a good young Ducks team to only one goal was a great response. John, there are no games in the NHL tonight, so when the Blues start play tomorrow, they will have the top wild card spot in the Western Conference, and I know there's a long way to go. We haven't even played a quarter of the season, which we will by next week, but it seems to me as if the Blues are one of the teams that is not in a division spot right now where they have a chance to get a lot better. I uh, I see some teams that I don't think are going to get substantially better. I think the Blues still have upside. Do you agree with that? Well, I do. I, I think that we've seen, you know, this team again being inconsistent, Randy. Um, but their highs are really high. And, you know, they, they played their opening game in Dallas and, you know, went toe-to-toe against a great Dallas team and lost in a shootout, you know, winning Denver, beating Tampa Bay, uh, some of their other victories. But they've been really good. Um, I, I think the challenge for this team is – when they're not on their A game, and obviously you can't be every night in an 82-game season, we know that, um, you know, your game needs to be more of a C-plus or B-minus game, and and you can't have the real lows. But, you know, the Blues have only lost two in a row um, a couple times this year. So they've, they've nipped those losing streaks in the, in the bud this year, 
And last year, they didn't do that. I mean, you know, they went out of the gate last year and won three straight and then lost eight in a row. So if you can do that, that's going to go a long way to to having a good record. So you're right. I mean, right now the Blues are in a position, but um, they have a long ways to go, just like all the other teams. But, you know, I am certainly positive that this team um, has some upside, and I think they have a really good chance of, of making the playoffs and being a wild card team and who knows what. JK, when you talk to Barubi or, or the coaching staff, is there a reason or, or do they have a an answer as to why, like you said, when it's not the A plus game, it's it's not the B plus or the or the B minus game. Why why does it change so drastically? You know, I don't I don't think they really have an answer. If they had an answer, they probably wouldn't play that type of game, right? <laughs> you know, right. I, I do think that the one trend I've seen early on and you know again the San Jose game to me was just that as I said a trap game they didn't take them uh you know they 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 didn't take them seriously and you know they're going to beat San Jose nine times out of ten if they play hard they just are they're a better team and San Jose is a really it's in a rebuild and they're they're struggling but you know they've had some issues with some of the bigger teams um and and I look at at Winnipeg has won both teams against the Blues this year and Vancouver is a big team. Now they got the Blues on the back end of a, a back-to-back that that situation. And LA is a really big team. So, you know, I think you know, sort of a trend that I've seen early on is if teams are really big and physical, then the Blues tend to stay on the outside. And, and you know, we've heard Bruby talk a lot about getting to the inside and you know, getting rebounds and screens and things like that. So I think that, you know, next time they play a team that, that's really big, I think that's obviously to me, you know, you want to win the game. But they need to get to the inside more against those bigger teams or they're going to have difficulties getting goals and winning those games. Well, J.K., it was the bottom six that I felt like were the most impressive in that win against the Ducks, especially Oscar Sundquist. It feels like he really has done so much for the Blues this season, especially with his limited ice time. And Barubi was singing his praises afterwards. What have you seen from him? Yeah, you know, just just what you said, he has been um, really the spark plug on this team. He, he gives everything he has, sacrifices his body every night. You know, I go back to preseason, Brooke, and I was at that first preseason game. It was a, an afternoon game at home, and, you know, Sunquist had just come back on a one-year deal, and he was the hardest-working player on the ice in the first preseason game of the campaign and that's just the way he is and you know he he kills penalties um, they used him on the power play a little bit the other night um, but I think his line and Bruby mentioned his line um, about 10 days ago and, and of course Blade didn't play the other night so the Blues didn't make a lineup change but he, he called that line the identity line and that goes back to you know Sunquist days with with Steen and Barbashev, right, back in the in the 19 run. I'm not saying that line is as good this year as that line because that line was, was excellent, one of the best third or fourth lines I've seen in a long time. But, you know, that's the kind of role that Sundquist has taken on now. When, when he's on the ice, regardless of his line mates, he's giving everything he has, and that line is becoming the identity line of the Blues, which is great. All right, J.K., uh, we're going to have our Thanksgiving side draft coming up in our next segment. John Kelly is only allowed to pick one side on Thanksgiving, so the turkey is there or the ham or whatever. What is the side that you would pick with the first pick? It's it's a landslide. It's it's stuffing, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's stuffing from the turkey, as a matter of fact. You know, I, I like stuffing made in the oven, whatever, but 
the, the stuffing in the turkey is to me the best. That's that's my number one side. That's a good call. I think a lot of people will pick that, and that's, that's not a bad pick at all. Hey, safe travels to Arizona today. Enjoy it. And, John, have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much. Okay, you guys as well. Happy Thanksgiving to all of your listeners, and uh, hopefully the Blues can make it a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow night. Absolutely. See you later, John. Take care. Okay. That's John Kelly, TV voice of the Blues, joining us here on 101 ESPN. We always appreciate him being with us every Tuesday. And coming up, it is, yes. I do have a quick question because he he said something about if they play hard. And that didn't, that, that, we see it, right? If they play hard, they they can be a really good hockey team. Mm -hmm. But the question that I have, and I think this is a question for any team in any sport, no matter the level, if you don't go out and give all of the effort every single play, every single snap, you're not going to win the championship. And why would one think that they will? It, it, it's You watched the Philadelphia Eagles last night. Mm-hmm. They're not a perfect team, but you know they're going to play hard and they're going to do their best. And they're not going to give away games, right? The, the Kansas City Chiefs gave away that game because every snap wasn't as important as it was to the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you going to be 100%? accurate every single time or 100% on point every single time? No. But you can give 100% effort every single time. And sometimes the person across from you is giving 100% as well, and they're just better than you on that play. The notion that you can win a championship or be a championship caliber team and just show up is is asinine to me. And this is not just for the St. Louis Blues. This is any team at any level at any time. It's one of the biggest changes in sports. Mm-hmm. And I... I I can't figure it out why people don't hate losing, but they don't. They just so it, it, it's we'll yep. get them next time. Yep. How do you know? How yeah. do you know you're not going to tear your ACL the next snap? Right. You don't know. Yeah. You never I, know. I, I am with you. I I, I am bewildered by it. Yeah, it's crazy. To but me. It, it it is what it is. And that's why you know what that that's why I know I'm playing uh, get off my lawn guy. But I think I saw the best era of sports. I, when when we watched in the 80s and 90s and we saw Jordan and the Bulls and we saw Gretzky and the, the Oilers and when we watched uh, the, those Steelers teams, not only from your era, but the mm-hmm. 70s Steelers teams and the 80s 49ers and the 80s Bears uh, we and baseball, I mean, the, the 80s Cardinals-Mets rivalry, those guys hated losing. Yes. And I just don't think it's the same now. I really don't. I agree. Uh, that's Carrie. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Matthew is here, and we've got our official opening drive Thanksgiving sides draft coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Official, the official opening drive Thanksgiving sides draft. Brooke, can you tell us uh, the draft order that you chose? That you you chose. I don't know. I've honestly been over here trying to figure <laughs> out how I'm going to navigate this. So I know that um, I think it's Randy. Are you no, first? No, no, no. Right? It, it's no, Carrie. it's Carrie. It, okay. Carrie Carrie. You chose Carrie's name first. Yep. Okay. Well, maybe we should explain. So we were going to do rock paper scissors, and then many people in this room do not know how to play rock paper scissors, and it was taking forever. So I suggested or four blank 
fucking ever. <laughs> I didn't say that. You of may have. No. Randy, my parents are listening. Okay, sorry. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then I said, okay, we can draw numbers out of the hat. So that's what I thought we were doing. Then all of a sudden, Rockio comes over with names in a hat. And how does that so change the probability? It changes how, no, how, it. How, how does it you, change it? You had, you had complete control over the name that was selected. It changes everything. Okay. And so in then I started mind. pulling it. And so it's Randy. Carrie. I mean, sorry, Carrie, Randy, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. Rocchio, and then me, of course. You get the, you There's get something the, rigged the, about the this. I just know. You're on the hot corner. You're yeah. the hot corner. You get it's four really... and five. Yeah, it's pretty good. Look at that. How about that? Lord Almighty. <laughs> yep. All right, uh, so let's <sighs> get so things funny. underway with the 2023 101 ESPN opening drive official <laughs> fantasy sides draft for Thanksgiving. And the first selection is held by Carrie Davis. From Illinois. So, with that, we just had John Kelly on. He just told you all what the perfect <laughs> side would be. The first overall pick. You all know it. We love it. We've heard it. We eat it. It's going to be dressing or stuffing. It's going to be dressing for me. One Kerry okay. Davis. Nothing wrong with that. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Stuffing. Yep. All right. Uh, and, and that is that was my number two overall player. So I, I'm pretty excited <laughs> that uh, I still have on my big board my number one player. And the selection is uh, character selects mac and cheese. Oh, my God. Of course you do. Gosh. Oh, man. I'm sweating over <laughs> With the next selection, Matthew Rocchio. I mean, it's an obvious one and two. You had to be prepared that it was going to go that way. But you're sitting there and you're saying, fine, quarterback goes goes uh, two. Carey, for some reason, takes a defensive end with the first overall pick. Who gets the pass rush? Who gets I'm, their quarterback? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with how you build a team, and that's in the trenches. I'm going to take an offensive lineman third overall. Mollies, the big boys, and what do you? And how do they get a little bit bigger? You feed them plenty of mashed potatoes, ladies okay. and gentlemen. That's my third overall pick. <laughs> mashed potatoes, good selection. All right, with the fourth and fifth selections in the stressing. opening drive uh, Thanksgiving sides draft, Brooke Grimsley has number four. Oh, I'm sweating over here. Okay, the pick is in. This is a side, I believe. It's a side. It's inside of mine. Because a main dish would be turkey. I'm just trying to... Everything I could ever want was already taken. Okay. So the pick is in. I'm going to go with my side being dumplings. Ooh, dumplings. Interesting. I say dumplings. Dumplings? Okay, I like that. You don't need no G or your side. I do declare. You're good. I do declare. I do declare. Okay, okay. All right. and All right. with the fifth selection, back to the podium, Brooke Grimsley. Wow, look how early you're picking now. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm going to go with sweet potato casserole. Oh, you got to do it. You got to do it. It's so good. I love that one. That was going to be my next selection. It's my favorite. Yams. Yams are gone. Okay. So we considering that the same. Okay, just checking. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Want to make sure. Matthew Rocchio. Oh. With his second round selection is at the podium. This is a tough one, but again, you build through the trenches. Okay. That's a lot of starch. I don't care. That's how we win games here. <laughs> we run the football. I'm going with all gratin potatoes. Oh, good. Oh. Well, well, well. 
Listen. You got a lot of you do. You <laughs> don't take just carry <laughs> say in the voice. If you're gonna say in the voice, you gotta say in the voice. Let that's it let too take much starge. You got say a lot the voice going gonna on say over there. <laughs> uh, you're gonna be sleeping before, before the second half starts. You have to augment the turkey. I, I have the uh, seventh selection here. Is he gonna take hash browns next? And I want to congratulate uh, Carrie Davis on taking stuffing. <laughs> I want to congratulate Matthew Rocchio on taking mashed potatoes, and I want to take congratulate Brooke Grimsley. I'm taking dumplings all with their first round picks. Okay. Okay. With the seventh pick in the opening drive, Thanksgiving Sides Draft, character selects... Gravy. See, I was gonna go mashed potatoes and gravy just to get both of them. I don't know. I didn't okay. think you could do that. I, I thought I, 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 I thought it was. I thought it made sense to leave gravy. it to it. Yeah, you're you're a good guy. Okay. I, I wouldn't have allowed it, but that's fine. <laughs> Stuffing, mashed potatoes, turkey. I put gravy on all of it. Yeah, okay. that's fine. That's fair. Okay. I thought I thought gravy was a separate thing because you you can again you can douse a lot of things in it. Mm-hmm. You can't eat it by itself though. People have tried carrying. There's, there's oh, some good gravy out there. There's that's some awful. good that's gravy out there. That's awful. All right, so it's on me now, and and I do have a question. Okay. Is is we do this? No, every, I'll come back. Is ham considered a side? No, no. that's no. a base. That's a base. Don't you? So you gotta ask questions. It. If you don't ask, yeah. you don't know. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Any, any, any are sophomores eligible for this draft? Yeah, no, sure. Carry. If they redshirted their okay. freshman year. So uh, back with back to back CD. Here I go. I'm gonna go with my pick is in. Good old collard greens is my choice, and. Since I got that, I gotta have you know collard greens have the juice on the side and they're, 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 it kind of oh, runs and blends. I know what he's and so the thing you need to stop that juice from running, yep, uh, it's some cornbread. Cornbread's a good you call. You put all that together and you just yep, yep, you go like that. That's how you do it. Nice call. Well done. And you're letting the collard green juice get into the uh, stuffing no too, question. right? No question. All yeah. of it okay. runs together. I, okay. I need it all to touch and all those juices and flavors to just be combined as one. Identical. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one's easy for me. I, I just can't believe it's still on the board here. Cranberry sauce. Oh, oh, that's where you went man. with. I thought that was going to be your second pick. Randy, so traditional. I like it. You went, you went mac and cheese avant-garde. And then you went traditional with gravy and cranberry sauce. And mm-hmm. for that, I appreciate what you're doing here. Thank but you. thank you for leaving this one on the board for me. My pick is in. This is easy to throw around. I love them crispy onions on top of that green bean yeah, casserole. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> well done. Brooke good, is, good is passing. She's going to pass out. <laughs> she is so frustrated. Brooke, all right, your pick's three and four. Look at that first pick of the fourth round. Yeah. After your last pick of the third, but hey, <laughs> she's frustrated yeah. by the fact that everything she's gone? looking for is always. Okay, yes. Brooke, you got back to backers here. Here we go, Rook. Okay. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm running out of options at this point. I feel like there's something I'm missing. I'm trying <laughs> to think right now. Okay, hmm. question. So you said the fresh cranberry sauce. You want to trade your pick? No. That's different than canned cranberry sauce, right? You know what I'm talking about? The canned cranberry? I think it's the same. I thought it was the same. I think it's the to same. Me, it's different. Unfortunately, I think we're going to have to I think cranberries with... are cranberries. I agree. Unfortunately. Oh, come on, CD. Throw me a bone. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. 
I apologize. Mm. <laughs> okay, the Vikings are on the board. Yet. <laughs> we're about to, we're about to miss out on her pick. Um. Okay. All right. So you said. <clears throat> it's going with. I want like the good buttered rolls. Okay, there it is. Good, good choice. Good choice. Yep. Good choice. Now you get another one. Thank good you, butter rolls. Yes. The butter Thank rolls you, are necessary. <laughs> All right, Texline, you got another one for? Yes. All right, first I'm thing you text line. I'm getting yelled at by the text line. So I'm going to. Text gonna line dress. This. They're helping me. Good. Deviled eggs. Uh, Randy's oh, favorite. Oh. All right. With plenty That's of good. paprika. Yes, it helps. Plenty of paprika. Plenty. All right, uh, Matthew Rocchio is back up there. All right, you know what? I got plenty of potatoes. I got my green bean casserole. But, you know, I, I like to go with the vegetables on Thanksgiving because it's all about eating healthy and eating well-rounded meals. So uh, my pick is in. I'm going with a off-the-board pick. I'm going to go with roasted Brussels sprouts. Ooh, nice. Ooh. All right, I can, I can see that. It's not too off-the-board. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I guess they're kind of like more like post like 2008. They kind of became a thing in, in a lot of people's houses. But I mean, they, they've taken over. You get a little, maybe a little Parmesan sprinkled on there, and, and it's a solid side. I like it. I can dig it. All right. And uh, I, I'm, I'm actually going kind of light here, surprisingly. Oh, I like but I am going to start off with a... With a nice salad. Oh, Randy, oh. what is going on Any here? particular kind of salad, Randy? Are you going with a chop? Are you going with a wedge? What are we doing? Uh, yeah, just a, a regular house salad right. with uh, like a pasta salad. No, it's not pasta. Oh, okay, salad. excuse me. All right, sorry. If, well, well you I am. Don't have any. Pasta. Yeah, we're just done with your for now. So thankful for you all for uh, leaving me oh, on my board. I still had. I got pretty. I got the things that I wanted. I, I really wanted the candy yam, but that's okay. I'm gonna go with creamed spinach. That was my little debate there. That was my little debate. Creamed spinach and salad was my debate, but. Uh, yeah, get a little something green on your plate. You know, your mother will, uh, well, I got two things green, but that's okay. I'm good to go. And I think we should go back to the, uh, the we should flip the order and we should give um, Brooke the first pick and desserts. Why would we do that? I just think we should. Why would one do that? I just think it makes no, sense. You I don't, don't think have that to that's do, You right. don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You're trying to be it's kind? Well, she because, picked it. Well, because there's five rounds. Everyone, <laughs> the, the, the snake draft has already been kind of even <laughs> through four rounds. No, you don't have hey. to do it because then the text will be like, Brooke's getting fair. I'm going to go with my pick. Yes. Sweet potato pie. He finally got his sweet potatoes back. I did. I, I man, like if I could have stole, if I could have been in front of you, I would have taken that as a as just a spite pick, knowing that that's what you wanted. Love I was, it. I wasn't in position. For I got to get some uh, chocolate in here. Ooh. So I'm going with French silk pie. There it is. Oh, we know that's your favorite. It's delicious. It's really good. It is. Yeah. Carrot cake is still on the board, though. I mean, this is... <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Randy, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the board, and there's a six foot two, 245-pound middle linebacker from Penn State on the board. I'm going to walk away from that? No way. It's, it's textbook. Pumpkin pie. It was always Vontae Mack. Pumpkin pie. <laughs> do you even like pumpkin pie? That has nothing to do with me picking it on the draft board. But pumpkin pie is like on the it. draft board. He doesn't even like Take it. Take it up with the voters, Grimsley. Whatever. Tim Greeper. <laughs> Tim Greeper. <laughs> Tim Greeper's not striking right now. Jeez. You are up <laughs> My for alter ego's not doing great. Your dessert pick and to close out the draft. All right. This is my personal favorite, so I'm glad that it stuck around. 
Pecan pie. Pecan, pecan pie. pie. Or pecan pie. Is it pecan or pecan? I say pecan. Okay. I actually pecan. don't like my draft very well. Oh, why not? Where do you put in the gravy on, Randy? Uh, turkey. Oh, okay. There you go. You're good. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't want. Uh, I don't want turkey without gravy on it. Okay, it's just because you yeah. had gravy, like but you turkey. didn't have it. You didn't have anything to put the gravy on in the side draft. No, so no, I was turkey. worried about where the gravy was. Yeah, going. let's go on the turkey. Okay, turkey guy. I'm a Your ham, ham guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. That was stressful. That was probably the most fe- stressful. Pecan pie. You wound up with. Uh, you wound up with a good draft. Yeah, I, yeah, I, feel, I, I should finish it last. I, I. I did not have a good draft. Uh, we're gonna have rock and roll <laughs> down the stretch here on 101 ESPN. To the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It is time for rock and roll. Here is Matthew. Matthew. Carrie, you and Ra- you and Randy were talking earlier about kind of you okay there, Carrie? What'd you call him? Matthew. Um, Ma- Matthew. <laughs> 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 I have not been called that except by myself when I was three. Uh, anyhow, uh, you and Randy were talking about the lack of quality play in, in sports at times in this decade compared to what you got to see when you were growing up. It was funny to me that you said this because um, Tom Brady joined Stephen A. Smith yesterday, and he actually had an interesting comment on why he thinks the quality of the NFL has fallen so far since when he played. I, I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way. And every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily. Why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect himself. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. Carry your thoughts on Tom Brady's comments on this current state of the NFL. 100% correct. I mean, the game has changed. Uh... It has changed a lot. And you, if you don't have to worry about a linebacker or a strong safety or a free safety knocking you out when you run a dig or run a slant, it, it makes life easier. But it also makes guys more comfortable. And so, as he said, the fundamentals of making sure I catch that ball and get north and don't do too much spinning around and, and trying to make a big play, catch the ball, get my foot in the ground and go north not east and west and those things have changed and so now you know you just got guys that are I guess not as dialed in which is weird to say because you're a professional athlete you should be catching every pass with your hands Um, if you're in traffic heavy contested catches maybe you use your body but the offensive side of football has has changed a lot and it's they're trying to make it safer which I understand you don't want people getting knocked out put to sleep although those plays were pretty tremendous mm-hmm. but you don't want those things to happen <laughs> i get it but it's it's it has made for a different brand of football than we are accustomed to seeing but even something as fundamental as wrapping up doesn't happen now yeah. people try to tackle with their shoulders and knock guys down yeah you don't i mean there are so much they, there's a, a change in philosophy of 
you know, when you used to tackle when I was growing up, you got your head across. Mm-hmm. Now you keep your head on the same side because you learned that getting your head across causes concussions. It causes stingers. It causes stingers. It causes, you know, all of the nerve issues that you could have. So, yeah, we keep our head on the other side. But what that does is it really allows the runner to keep running. So the tackling is, is not as good. And by the way, this isn't indigenous just to football. We saw baseball fundamentals go by the wayside here in St. Louis. And throughout baseball, that's the case. Basketball fundamentals aren't what they oh. were mm-hmm. 20, 25 years ago. I watched that Rockets-Warriors game last night, and there was a period of about two minutes where it looked like pickup basketball. Mm-hmm. It was just five guys jogging down the court, shooting a three. The Rockets, Rockets got the rebound or, or, or took the ball out of the hoop, drove down, walked it down, shot a three. It was that for about three or four possessions, and I'm like, what the hell is this that I'm watching? Yeah. There were no screens set. It was just guys... You know, one on one, make one pass, shoot a shot. It was. It, it, it all has changed. It's just different. Yeah, just it different. Is. Yeah. It, it's not bad. Just different. Makes it hard to play fantasy football, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Kyler's film room. Is, uh, not doing is all Kyler right. film room excited oh, about the Matt Canada fight? Bad. We're, you know what, though? Let's check because I had uh, Mahomes going against me. I think I probably lost anyway. I was playing uh, T Bone. You didn't oh. get him? I needed I'm, you to get him. Uh, let me see. I don't know. T Bone's team has been doing really well. They're really good. He's got a wagon. Uh, yeah, he got me 124 to 118. Gosh. He took, because uh, because of Mahomes last night. Mm. So, I won. I beat somebody by two points. You're pretty good. I think Rocky was trying to get us off air. He's making all different yeah. type oh, of yeah. hand he, signals great, great like he's bringing a plane. Our, uh, <laughs> I mean, they don't show up till 1005. We're good, right? We can go on. <laughs> I never know. Uh, Great great job by our producer, audio, video engineer, Matthew Rocky. Thanks for fixing the TVs, Ryder. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Brooke, are you... Did you have fun? I did. Yes. How about despite, that? How about despite that? the rigging. I just, I just don't like being last because if you're not first, you're last. Oh, and I was last. last. CD. Your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? Uh, Carrie, have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yeah. CD will not be with us tomorrow. Enjoy so your great day time. off. Appreciate tomorrow. it. Yep, we'll miss you and we miss, will see you, you next week. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Every text. We love every text uh, for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great hump day, St. Louis. And now for something completely different. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.